Okay, here we go. Broadcasting live, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. With your hosts, Honest Abe and Adam K. the Brewmeister. Listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kmatalkradio.com. I like to smoke them like some Winston Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, lovers of the leaf, everyone out there in Radio Land. Welcome to another exciting edition of KMA Talk Radio, broadcasting live here on this, the 15th of February. I hope you, hopefully everyone survived Valentine's Day. Uh, we are broadcasting live in West Palm Beach, Florida. I am Adam K., the brewmeister. With me as always, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Honest Dave. Good morning. And of course, Paul. Hi. Hi, Paul. We're sitting really close to each other today. Well, that's because you wanted me to get in the camera angle. Well, yeah, but so, you, you probably have to get a little bit closer. <laughs> is that no one really is, wants? Is, oh, <laughs> is that is this too close? Is this too close, Paul? I, I'm is this right. too much for you? I, I like that camera because we can see the tarp that's falling off the wall. Yeah. Behind yeah. It's not it's a tarp. So, that's just the wall. Whatever the wallpaper. That's just the wallpaper. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. So I have to ask, and I'm sure all <laughs> our quality. listeners are very, very curious, right? What fakakta like Valentine's Day do you guys celebrate? Because you got like guys got like some kind of bogey like. Wait, you are do. you talking to me? Yeah, I'm you, talking are, directly at you. Are you talking to both of us? No. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, we don't I, do I, Valentine's I Day together. I know you didn't do shit for Valentine's Day. <laughs> no, I, all yeah. I did was I went home and I walked the dog. Oh, there That's you go. it, yeah. Okay, I, I knew that. But yeah. Paul and Stephanie always have these like weird rituals I've never heard of. <sighs> I don't want to tell you. Yes, yeah, I told you. <laughs> uh, and this is not rehearsed. I just want our listeners to know. I have no idea what he did, but I'm sure it's something goofy and tacky. <laughs> so, shh, fess up. Uh, so, so, actually, last night was the first night that Axel spent... The night, um, the night alone without either one of us by himself my, in the at, house. No, at my parents' oh, house. Okay, at my parents' house. They they picked him up. They brought him up to their house in uh, in Vero and uh, kept him for the night. And how'd it go? He was fine. They they took him out to dinner. They 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 have cousins in town. Okay, so there was there. no problem there. No issue. All right, so now tell us what the Fakakta thing that you we and went your wife did. to a. Uh, <laughs> I wish Evan was here to back me up on this. Yeah, come on. So nope. we we went to a farm in I think it's Loxahatchee, oh, the U farm. The, no, no, not the U farm. It's it's like that. What you're thinking though? Yeah, There's a couple yeah. like this. Yeah, yeah. And they had a chef there. Uh, I think he's one of. He said he's one of uh, six. One of seven master fusion chefs in the country. And uh, oh, when you do that, you block me out. Just so you know. Oh, yeah. sorry. Uh, yeah. And uh, wow. so he's a master fusion chef, whatever that means. And they made a, an entire meal for us, like uh, just you know, you two alone? on the farm. No, there was forty of us. I would be more impressed if it was just you two alone. Well, I don't have that kind of cash, bro. Sure, you do. You're just cheap. I am cheap. Okay. Also true. <laughs> Very true. Not going to deny it. Yeah. So, so th- that's normal. That's not nothing unusual. You didn't have any it, weird. It was on a farm. It it's was a little bit. Weird. It was a little bit different. I'll be honest, but it, it was good. It just took. It was supposed to be from seven to nine, and we were like, "This is great. The baby's not there. We're going to get to go home. We'll, we'll did chill she out." Freak out, or did she handle it okay? Because I know the I first time I think he was freaking out more I, than I, she I, was. I what I'm gonna get? I, I, yeah, I know. For, no, yeah. I know for moms like that first time that happens, they freak out, man. I don't know. I felt like he, like when he was talking about it I the entire time, like, like he our, was gonna freak out more. By, by our, by, by our, like our third kid, it's like, hey, 
you know, we don't get the kids for tonight. Who cares? Leave them there for a week. You know? <laughs> they get numb to it after a while. I mean, but when, the first one's always hard. When we came home and I was a little liquored up, you know, I had my designated driver with me. Uh, it was it was a little bit normal because he's usually in bed anyway. So even if we have a babysitter, so it was it was hard. But uh, it's good. We're gonna leave here and go go up there tonight and stay the night up there and. You know, right, that, was, that, was, that was more normal than I thought. The crazy part of it is that this week I found a fraud on my debit card. So uh, I... Charge, I mean, somebody used it. Dude, it happens like once or twice a year on my cards. Re, yeah, so like from it's like... It's so prolific. In 48, in 48 hours from the Everglades to Georgia, there was $100 <laughs> at like every gas station up 95. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> this morning I went to go get Evan's beer because uh, I owe him a beer. And I went to Old get style, gas. Milwaukee's best. Where'd you get? I well, you here's the story. Yeah. All of my Chase accounts are now frozen. Oh wow! So I, I mean, I called them on the way here, so but I could not get make beer? a purchase. I couldn't get a beer. You didn't have like ten dollars in your pocket to get this man a beer. I, I maybe it's a generational thing. It I is literally a have thing. zero dollar. I don't have any paper money. I, I don't have it. You I do have some in my no house. Paper money? No, no, no. Paper money. Absolutely. Oh, yeah? yeah right, see, that's we, old school. Let's introduce yeah. our guests. So guys, yes, we, uh, I want their opinions on a couple of things okay, anyway. Yeah. Uh, with us, of course, uh, Mr. Pete Johnson of the Tuahe Cigars. This is going to be our uh, meet your maker today. Pete, thanks for being here, buddy. Howdy. And, of course, sitting in, uh, Mr. Hurricane Jose Ortega uh, as the self-proclaimed hurricane. <laughs> the self-proclaimed hurricane. Not really, not really. It oh, no, no, no. Come on. That is a <laughs> self-given moniker. You have cash in your pocket right now? Not at the moment. It's Dude, in the, oh, it's in the oh, no. I have to have cash, man. I, I don't know how to leave without ha- if I don't have cash in my pocket. I'm I, I just my, I freak out. My father freaks out when yeah. he hears that I don't I'm carry the same cash. It's got to be like an old school thing. I mean, honestly, I don't charge much. I try not to charge much, you know. But like obviously, gas stations and stuff like that. But I, I gotta have cash in my pocket. I just don't know how to function without cash in my pocket. Boom. Yeah. I, I just I'm I'm flabbergasted and, and it happens all the time. Like people have not one quarter in their pocket. I would just see what if there's like an electronic shutdown and you know so, and, and, you know, so and, I have cash in the EM, house. And, and, and Fun story about that. I was actually at a uh, restaurant getting takeout one time, and their entire POS system went down. That's what I'm saying. What and I literally like, well, dude. Here, here's what I know. My bill should be. Here's money. I'm. Just give me food. I will go now. Yeah, I mean, what? If and I almost asked him, "Do you want me to help you fix your problem?" Because <laughs> I probably knew how to fix I mean, it. And what if there's like a global EMP and oh, every, yeah. everything gets shut down, man? You you got nothing. Yeah. Hey, you, did you notice the amount of dollar bills that he has? I didn't really look. My glasses. Well, when he pulled them up, it was a whole bunch of stack of dollar bills. Singles? Wonder, singles. Why, singles Listen, yeah. no, no. If why? they were strip club singles, I'd be so proud of him. <laughs> Trust me, they're not. Uh, they're not. You have to have somewhat of a social life to have. <laughs> That's a separate stack that I keep in a separate dollars. area that only comes out when you're planning on okay, going. Here, to here's another area. good question: How do you hold your cash in your pocket? It's in my front right pocket. Is it in a rubber band? Hairband, actually. Hairband. Okay. <laughs> hair no, but see, this. Okay, I'm going to show you something cool. For years. For years, that's what I did. It was a rubber band, right? Yeah. And you know what makes really good rubber bands? Yeah, look, hairband. But I mean, so it's it's a little bit of a mess right now, and I'm a little light on cash. <laughs> my credit cards are taking over my wallet. But but um, it's funny because for years I used rubber bands. And you know what makes really good rubber bands is those broccoli rubber bands from the produce market. Don't, I keep those. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, those are good. Oh, yeah. But my wife found this like I don't know. It might have been four or five years because. Since everybody always sees I had cash, I'd always get money clips, and money clips just suck. 
Well, right? especially when you have that much cash. I have a okay. money clip, but but they just suck, right? Because as soon as you put like ten bills in it, they you know it bends out. It doesn't hold anything. This this clip now has got to be three or four years old. It will hold one single. Look at that! Wow, yeah. it's some titanium website. This is a four-year-old money clip. Did you see how it snapped? Doesn't bend ever. It was the best gift, my one of the best gifts. My so you wouldn't be impressed by my Tiffany money clip. No, no, this no. Is a piece of crap. This is like a fifty dollars money clip. I had one of those money Tiffany clip. money clips. Yeah, yeah I, I lost all my credit cards in a cab one time. I <laughs> I took my I took it out to pay with a credit card and it flipped off because it, same thing happens. It won't it won't stay tight and all my credit cards, all my cat, everything went all over the place. And I was like, oh my god. I thought I picked up everything. I Look, left a credit card so in there. Look, this is so tight. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't oh even God, get oh the God, one oh bill in still. Look at that. One bill. Oh, yeah, that's got a nice, that, yeah. that's got a nice grip because I the one that I have is magnet. But once you have too many bills, it, it won't go through. It won't go through. I'm telling you, that's the best money clip I've found in my whole in my life. Found it actually, but it's the best yeah, money. Well, clip give them a plug. What's the brand? I can't remember. It's titanium something. I'll Google. I'll Google it or find it and post the link. What's on, on the back? Well, you can get your logos. You can get your initials. So this is just one they had on there. So oh, okay. I had it done. Zombie outbreak response team. There you go. So. <laughs> it's funny. It sounds like one zombie, of my it's, it's following me because we watched uh, World War Z last night. Really? Is that yeah. the Brad? Is that the Brad? The Pitt Brad one? Pitt one. I that like was it. Actually, pretty good. Yanni's actually. never seen it, so she oh. was like tapping her feet a lot. I'm like, what's Freaking wrong? Out? Was, I, I don't like this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it, it doesn't bother me, but typically that genre of movie doesn't, I don't get into it, right? But I enjoyed that movie. That was actually that, pretty That's wild. one of the best zombie ones. Actually. Yeah, interesting time to watch that, especially now with all the coronavirus stuff yeah. going on. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Did you really pick the right time to watch that with her? <laughs> No, true story, yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, you want to clear out a line in a supermarket? Just mentioned you just got back from China and stuff coughing. <laughs> Get to the front of the line real quick. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. People but are pretty paranoid. I, I like that one, and I liked um, uh, the Will Smith one. What was it, Legend? Oh, uh, uh, Legend? I Am Legend. I Am Legend. Legend. Yeah. That was a great I kind of like that one, too. Yeah. They were, they were, those were both kind of like the better. I didn't really like that one because of the dog. Oh, because yeah. the dog died. Yeah. Oh, it's not a hard. Fan of that. It's a hard. I guess you're emotional. not a fan of Old Yeller either. Well, I haven't seen that since I was probably <laughs> two. It's dramatic. On, dramatic. It's, it's on Disney Plus now. Is it, right? it out there? Oh yeah. Of I course it is. You are. You know, Disney's like the world's biggest like cult. Stop, right. Dude. You are. You are, you belong to a cult. Stop. You might as well. You be, are a cult. Member, you might yeah. as well be not a cult. Cool. Oh, yeah, it's no. such a cult. Abe. It's such. You don't know what you're talking about. Listen. You, you go to Disneyland a lot? Here's, I go Dude, to Disney, Disney World freak. a lot all the time. I'll be there. I'll be there next week. He's okay. a Disney freak. Yeah. I cannot even believe with the, that. the prices raising yeah. up. You're still going? Well, as Abe said, you know, I'm obviously rolling in cash. So, Dude, <laughs> this, honestly, I believe that Disney's like one of the most like secret underground cult in the universe. I think they God. raise kids in their farms for their program and the Disney Channel. Yeah, that's it's a little a, freaky. It's very. <laughs> if you really look at it, bring out the whole Disney thing is just a little bit freaky. Oh, listen, and there's a lot of hidden hidden messages within all those movies. Always, if you, if you pay attention. To oh always. yeah. Now I don't think it started out that way, but it sure got that way in my opinion. Tickle, tickle, tickle. <laughs> I don't he's know. A, I think Walt was a pretty weird dude. I don't oh, yeah. know him that well, so I can't say. It may have started out that way. I don't know. Yeah. Walt was a strange dude. I'm not going to lie. But I remember when I discovered the Disney Channel. This was before we had kids. Like my When, when my, it was a premium channel? My wife moved in, and I, I, I started, you know, I can't remember what happened, but she was watching something. Like, what is it? Oh, the Disney Channel. It's like I first discovered it, right? And then I found myself, like, a month later, like, watching Disney Channel shows. I'm like, what that's, is going on here? That's what they want, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is so weird. It's like I got brainwashed or whatever. So like I like ban my kids never watch the Disney <laughs> Channel. 
Yeah, I was watching. I knew Shia LaBeouf when he had his little show on there. I was wow. watching. Oh, yeah. I forgot what it was called. That's more that's creepy like to me. That's like 01 or like ni- late, I don't know. late 90s kind of thing. I don't yeah. know. There, there was, I mean, yeah, I, I was like, I was stuck. Like, like I would come home and I'd turn on my TV. It was on the Disney Channel. I would just leave it. And just like watch it, they're like I realized a couple hours later, I'm, I'm watching the TV. Yeah, I don't, channel. I don't watch that stuff. Sure, you do. No, I, I watch the, the movies. Yeah, that, my son is obsessed with Toy Story, so it keeps uh, him quiet. Right? Well, it's not the movies, but it's the channel that I started realizing, like this whole cult thing. Yeah, how they the, groom them, the original the, programming. They make their own music with the kids, and the sound. It's like it's it's it just got really weird. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of weird. There's a lot of vertical integration that goes on there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Actually, I think that the, the the whole thing with Disney Plus though kind of killed every other platform. If you go on Amazon and Netflix to try to find a movie, you can't find it. You have to buy it. So I right. have a feeling that they're all on the new Disney platform. Probably. Oh, yeah. Because no, they own yeah. everything. Probably. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it is a monopoly for sure. Oh, yeah. Especially, well, anyway, we won't get into that. I don't want to take the whole show to talk it's about It's all right. I just pointed out. Talking about Disney we're not legal experts, and we're not going to break they, any new I just want to point out that you drink the Kool-Aid in the mountains of Waco, yeah. Texas with all the Disney people. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Hundred percent true. That's, that's all. That's an old one. There. That's old, dude. We're old. You know. Listen, I don't know. Jose like and I, Jose and I remember that one. These guys don't you know, remember. I read about you it. You have to understand, especially because I'm in retail, right? So I got a lot of staff, and most of them are younger. I, it's so like depressing how many times they make a reference throughout the day, and no one has a clue. I don't what know. Talking Would about. you like to bring? It up happens Winston? so regularly. Would you like to bring depressing. up Winston Churchill? Yeah, dude. Oh, uh, here we so go. So listen, to this. I, I don't want to say how it came up, but <laughs> we went to this thing and. A picture of Winston Churchill came up, and somebody goes, "Oh, is that the owner of the store?" I'm like, dude, <laughs> that's Winston Churchill. And guess who also no, no, didn't wait, know no, wait, who that wait, was? Wait, wait, wait. Get, I, that, I did not know. Yeah, he true. didn't know who it was. I know either. who Winston Paul. Churchill is, but I did okay. not. I did not he recognize the picture. Like the most recognizable, one of the most recognizable guys in history. He didn't know. And the best was the other guy who didn't know who didn't know who it was at first. Is about thirty. What a little thirty. Uh, yeah, right, about, yeah. When I finally told him who Winston Churchill was, oh, did he say who? you know what his reference in his mind where he knew who I was talking about? Oh, that's the guy from Peaky Blinders. <laughs> that's how he knows who Winston Churchill is. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it gets very depressing. We, you and I have kind of hit that age mark now where it's kind of depressed. How old are you? 48. Yeah, you're in our group. Yeah, We're all the, roughly right here, the same yeah. age. We've hit that mark where it's like on a regular basis I get depressed because yeah. no one has a clue what I'm talking yeah. about. I mean, forget it when you have little kids, because that happens all the time, right? You know, I tell my I can't remember what I said to my kid about something like, what's that? I'm like, really? I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess you have no clue what that is, right? But I, this happens like at work with 30 or 30 year old guys. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, they have yeah. no clue what I'm talking about. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> We're a, getting it, so. It's a strange generation altogether. I mean, that. It's, it's, it's just different. But you're a guy who now has children that are within that generation. Oh, how yeah. do you feel about that and how you're raising them to. Like understand, you know, past and history it's, it's and everything. A constant, else. It's a constant battle, forcing them to learn more because they really don't have a clue. They they don't understand. You make reference, and all of a sudden, I catch myself going, "Holy shit! I sound like my dad." <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. And you also oh, realize, Nikes. When you when you hear them speaking, telling you things, you go. I okay. used to sound like that. And I go, okay, <laughs> now I realize how stupid I sounded when I talked to my dad. <laughs> it's, it's what we happens. had this conversation yesterday. Yeah. Well, like, don't use that excuse on me. I used it on my parents. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the resilience of children are amazing, especially my young ones. Because, like, my oldest one, you know, will fib often, right? And she literally, historically, and I've said this to her, I said, look, in the 48 years I've been on this planet, and I'm not exaggerating, 
you are without a doubt the worst fibber I've ever met. <laughs> you can't construct a good lie. And, and you know, it's like, you know, look, I mean, if you're going to lie, be a good liar at least, right? Come up with a tangible story that makes sense. She is so bad. And yet she'll continue to try to do it. Yeah. Do we not have this conversation? You are awful at this. <laughs> Don't even try. It's terrible. It's terrible. But I love her to death. That's weird. I is. can't imagine her lying. Petra's the worst. Yeah, I I just don't see now it. Now she's getting to the age where where she's starting to realize the futility of it, right? right? So, and it's funny because we just had a situation with the two young ones, and this this really broke my heart too. Um, I guess Brandy had gotten some chocolates that they all shared before I got home, and then she left like two, which was because you know it's like it's like survival of the fittest. I was going to say, house. Yeah, oh, yeah. That I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, you want food, you got to hide it, right? So she's like, nobody touch these. These are for your dad when he comes home. So sure enough, I come home, my wife goes, oh, there's some chocolate here for you, and there's one piece. I'm like, oh, thanks for saving me a piece. She goes, piece? There's supposed to be two, right? So. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So, of course, she lines them all up. Who ate your dad's chocolate? I want to, because I specifically told you, the oldest two said no, and I, I, right away I said, okay, well, it's down between these two, because I, I know the oldest two, right? And my son has has had a tendency to fib, but I'm trying to teach him men don't lie. You just say what it is and you deal with what it goes, right? But he's he's fibbed in the past and he's a greedy eater. Like he <laughs> eats all day. I mean all day. He could he could just he could eat forty pounds of food and you crack open something and he hears the bag goes, Oh, can I have some? It never <laughs> it never fills up. So my wife thought he was guilty right away. So I lined them both up I'm like which one of you eat it? It's one of you two. We know. Right? I believe the two oldest ones. So it's one of you two don't lie. The oldest one says, no, it wasn't her. The youngest one said, no, daddy, I swear I didn't do it. I didn't do it because I've been drilling in his head not to lie. And then uh, my wife punished them both because neither one. Oh, no. Yeah, she punished them both. Now, she punished the older, the baby girl first and then him. And then they went upstairs to their rooms. And that didn't sit well with me because I know I'm a good poker player. So I read people well. And I tell my wife all the time, you believe that story? And, and then because you know, my wife will believe him. I didn't think he lied because when he lies, he hesitates. He has to think about it for a second. Do I tell the truth or do I lie? He's you know still that? young. He's still young enough right. where he's got to right. do that, he's got, do that he's business got, he's in his that head. Moment to determine yeah, whether yeah. am I going to lie in this moment or not. But he was adamant right away. Daddy, we didn't do it. I swear I didn't do it right away. Wait, so who was it? Was it Zane so or Zara? No, no, Zara, the baby girl. Yeah. So I called him back down. He didn't sit with me well. Right? <laughs> they both got punished. So I called him back down, and I lined him up again. I, yeah. And I said, look, <laughs> I want to know which one of you lied because one of you is lying. Now you all, you both got hit. Right? Mm -hmm. You both got punished. I'm going to punish you again. So lying is not going to save you. Right? So it's either the two of you get punished again yeah, or one. The lying is not going to avoid the punishment. <laughs> and the first girl, the oldest girl goes, I did it, Dad. <laughs> I said, thank you. Go to your room and go to bed. And then Brandy felt really bad about it. She loves that boy. That's like her. Yeah, know, yeah. yeah his mama oh, boy. No. oh, yeah. But he took it like a man. And I'm like, look, look, you took it like a man, whatever. And we, we hung out that night. And he got to stay up. But yeah, man, because you, know, you just want him to deal with it. Not lying. Lying is not going to get you anywhere, you know? So, yeah, they're very I can't wait for all that to lying. start happening at my house. <laughs> oh, you have no idea. But you know what? I, I, you know, I didn't punish them again because she fessed up. Yeah. But what really bothered me was she got punished first. After she was done, she could have salvaged her she brother. She could have saved him. Right? I, I, I talked to her about that. She why wanted somebody else to suffer. Yeah, why would you let him take a punishment when you you already got it and you knew it wasn't him? <laughs> so you try to work on it, man. It's, it's a never-ending. Yeah. yeah, you know. It's yeah. never-ending, my friend. Jose, how many kids do you have? Two. Okay. Two. 
Is that I, it? You're, you're done? Get, you're, oh, get, yeah. you're, getting, <laughs> you're getting in the danger age now. Like you've got a daughter. Yeah, and I've like, seen his daughter. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm right behind him. I'm we're in the same boat. Man. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So I mean, how, how worried are you about the future of like? Like, do you have the gun story ready for when the daughter comes with the boy? The boy oh, comes no, to pick he's her up had that gun story oh, a long time. Oh, brother, listen. The bullet. The bullet. With the guy's name on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you put the name on it. So, no, no, no. You know, I like that. That's impressive. When my daughter starts dating guys. No, no, no. Just listen. set a bullet on the table with his name already etched in it. No, <laughs> don't, don't, you don't have to do that. No, make it even worse. What I did is I, I got all the boys to sit around the table, and then I went over there. I went inside, grabbed the bullet and a Sharpie. And I put it right in, right in the middle of all of them, and I said, okay, why don't one of you write the name of the guy? Because I go, I don't want the bullet to go to the wrong one. <laughs> they all laughed except for one. And I go, thank you. Now I know who you are. And that's simple. Anytime a guy comes to my house, there's a bullet, there's a sharp. I go, right, why don't you write your name in there just in case? Oh, and my God. They, they get freaked out. I don't, listen, I got a beautiful, I got a beautiful daughter. Absolutely. I got a protector, man. How old is your oldest? My son's 24. No, girls. Oh, the girl. No, no. I just got the one girl, and she's 19. 19. Oh, well, okay. She's 19 now. But, you know, look, it's really funny because my oldest has been my ride and die, right? Yeah, we, yeah. We've had a special bond. And I used to look at her, and every time I look at her, it was, I was always filled with such adoration, right? Yeah. Now it's just like perpetual like suffering. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is. Yeah. I you look, got a few more years I of that with her, her body, too. I look at how she's talking. I just, I'm in anguish. Like, kind of, well, Does that go away? No, listen. Here's where it gets worse. I'm serious, man. I'm and, like and I hate to I hate to do this to you because I love you. But here's what's going to happen: as she matures and her body starts to change, have you and seen my daughter? Herbs. Have you seen uh, my daughter? Yeah, of course. I She's do. She's got a 23 year old body. I know. Years old. And listen, though. Here's the worst part: you're going to walk around in the mall with her, and there'll be that perp oh, no. that's going to be looking at her, checking her out. Like last last night. So I I take my daughter with me to the mall to go buy my wife a Valentine's gift, right? And so, as we're walking, you all bought, these you, you bought guys. your wife a Valentine's gift on Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, I did. I know. I know. Yeah, that used to be me. I, yeah, that's, that's yeah, a little rough to say. No, I, I, just I, say you were out of town for the last. I, I was, days. I'm always. Uh, yeah, he probably I, I've been was. traveling. I was traveling. Was. So, dude, I'm walking with my daughter, and all these guys just kind of doing the thing and oh, smiling, no. and I'm like, "Are you broken?" They don't even care that you're standing. No, anymore, right? I used to be afraid of my girlfriend's dads. I really oh, was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They don't even care. They're like oh. resilient now. They're just yeah. impervious. Forget about it. I'm still afraid of my father-in-law. <laughs> but, but you look at you as a father, <laughs> and we got to eventually get on with cigar stuff, but yeah. as, as a father, you can't control other people. No. Right? So that doesn't bother me as much. I, I'm trying to prepare her to deal with all the well, garbage that's the thing. world. You, but it's my daughter's actions that are keeping me in torment. The stuff I see her doing. Yeah. You know me? You, you know me Don't get into Jose's daughter's actions. Dude, Let's not even get there. Do you know how many pieces of clothing... <laughs> I've made this girl throw in the garbage. Like the second I came home, throw that out. Yeah, because yeah, you've, you've told us that on in the her, air. In her defense, right? I mean, my, she's got like thirty-two double Ds at eleven years old, right? Wow. In her defense, it's like she's got these two weapons. Yeah, she doesn't know. Doesn't even know. Yeah, it, I don't right? think yeah, she's so not she, her fault. She's walking around all comfortable, leaning over. Or whatever. I'm, I'm like. Girl, throw that shirt out. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, I'm at home. And I literally got to tell her, what makes you think I want to see those? <laughs> throw that out. And it's a constant battle. I, I, I literally told her, if I see you wear one more shirt like that, you're going to be walking around like a nun for the next five years with crap buttons. I don't want her to, to limit her, you know, her yeah. style or anything, but she doesn't even realize 
what's going on in the world out there. How? Yeah. Because yeah. you know, even at eleven, I know when she walks publicly, dudes aren't looking at her like she's yeah. eleven, right? Yeah. And she doesn't realize that and, the, and what she's got to deal with. So it's 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 like it's well, constant that, stuff. That's the thing. We've we've raised them. I, I hate to say sheltered, but we've raised them properly. So therefore. They they've never dealt with that maliciousness. They're not right? thinking of no, that. Yeah. No, no. I, I educate. Listen, I, I'm I'm a strong proponent of not creating a universe that doesn't exist. Yeah. I tell my kids about the nasty bad people in the world because they gotta know. Yeah, but they don't see you doing it. See, here's the thing. No, they, but I should want them to know it's there. I know, and I tell, and I've done the same thing. I've told my daughter, but it's very different when you're an old perv that walks around, and then your daughter sees you, right? You know, checking yeah. girls checking out, out and doing that. But I'm very respectful. And so, therefore... I think you're wrong there. I think it's the opposite. Yeah? I, yeah, I think by being respectful, and, and this is my hopes, right, yeah. and how I treat their mother, yeah. they learn and see how a man is supposed to Correct. treat them. That is true. That yeah. is true. That, that's what I yeah. hope, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Because if they grew up and I was like an old man perv, they'll think that's norm, Yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I think by setting the example, they learn that, oh, this is the way a man should be, right? When my daughter had her first recital, I don't know, four years old, five years old, I bought her flowers, and of course, she's never had a... Recital. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know what this is. Mm-hmm. I said a real man will always bring you flowers, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Teach her that. No, no, no. Stuff, we, see, you know? we 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 agree, and and we see it eye to eye. Yeah. I'm the same exact way, 100. percent All right, let's introduce these guys and start talking all some right. good cigars. Anyway, stuff. Uh, now it's time for our favorite part of the show. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. This week, KMA Talk Radio is pleased to welcome back Pete Johnson from Tuahe Cigars. Tuahe is the brainchild of owner Pete Johnson in his mission to make a boutique brand of cigars to cater to the refined palates of today's cigars enthusiasts. Pete teamed up with famed master blender Don Pepin Garcia, and the rest is, well, history. Because, well, cigar history. Oh, yes. Yeah. Cigar history. Also joining us, of course, the... National sales manager of the Tuahes, uh, sorry, my father's cigars. You got a new job, bro. <laughs> I got, bro. You got a new hey, job. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm sure Pete will happily give you that. I just too. made his life easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. It Hurricane happened here first. Ortega, yeah. My brother, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> there doesn't come with a pain. Is it I'm me sorry. Is the AC down again? It I be turned down. it down to 60, Holy and I didn't hear cow. it kick on at all. So. Be, I'm going to check be the it size out. of the room and the amount of people that are in That's here. true. We do got a lot of poundage it's like in a here. clown right? car in here. And speaking of poundage, I don't know if you've seen the meats that Evan Darnell from the Remain Lovers Club is bringing in, but we are going to be eating very well. So today. I'm excited to uh, to say, you don't have to worry anymore, I will be at the Red Meat Lovers Club dinner. Oh, great. Officially. Oh, great. <laughs> well, Coop was excited. I was real worried. I texted Evan. He's like, uh, have you spoken to Abe about this? Are you supposed to be there? Or No, like, really? you're good. <laughs> Listen, I'm excited just honestly to have Pete in the studio. Pete's like one of the guys, I mean, I literally like kind of hound and abuse on a regular basis. A lot but of text messages. A lot of text messages. I <laughs> oh, even, yeah, sorry I, about I, that. Listen, I even texted him like a month ago. I said, Paul thinks you hate him. <laughs> yeah. I did. It's true, actually. But, but I am not, <laughs> not that he hates you, but that I texted him the message. But, you know, listen, I get it because Pete does a lot of shows, and we're like, why wouldn't come our show? Because we don't have it set up for the, the video calling, which is what we want eventually when we do it. But um, he lives here in Miami, and he's going to be the host of uh, the pre-event dinner for the Great Smoke next week. So we picked a good weekend to come up, and we're just, oh, just yeah. happy to pump. This is your first time in this studio, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I went to the two-story or three-story building yeah. before. You know, this yeah. is where we started. And then, of course, Boynton. Yeah, yeah, this is where we started. Our show started like three studios down. Oh, okay. 13 weeks. We started here, and then we moved to that other building, and then we moved back literally a year ago, a little over a year ago here. Oh, yeah. 
No, yeah, I don't think I've been here. And then hopefully, and now in, you know. In 2020, we'll get our studios built. Hopefully, somebody knock on wood. Please. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 2003 feels like a lifetime ago, huh? Doesn't yeah, it? 17 years. It's tough. We got old, right? Oh my! I was my body some, doesn't work the same. I was really looking <laughs> at some old pictures because, like, now Great Smoke time, where I literally have pictures of you in the first Great Smoke because you've been involved in the Great Smoke literally, I think, since year one. Yeah, uh, the first Great Smoke when it was out in front of the courtyard in West Palm. Oh, dude, you look young. Me next to Pepin, actually. Yeah, yeah. You you looked young. You looked really really young, man. We've yeah. come a long way. I was that was the same uh, big uh, Great Smoke that you had. Uh, Paul Hernandez. Yeah, twice. With remember, yeah. he had the the automatic uh, cigar puffing machine. Yeah, and he made everybody stand in held line. The, held them up wait. forever. Yep. You had to like wait for the, the cigar to be lit for every person in yeah. line. Yeah, he wanted to make goes, sure, he, he wanted to make sure every cigar he gave so, away was smoked like right then and there. Yeah. So he's wow. the original Scott Weeks, is what you're he's saying. He's the original Scott Weeks. Yeah, Scott Weeks was the original. Yeah, <laughs> nightmare of the great smoke. <laughs> But, yeah, God rest his soul. And actually, I was literally just looking. And honestly, what was said is as I'm scrolling through the pictures, Pete Hernandez, Paul uh, Paul Hernandez, Bert, Bert, Sal Fontana. I'm just going through. I'm like, holy cow. Semi-depressing. Actually, I think Orlando was at that show, too. Jose Orlando? I think he was at the first one. I I don't think he was. No? No. The the Padron family was there. George and Rudy, for sure. He he came to the one year when we had them for dinner. Ah, yeah. Which which was one of my most epic things because (laughs) he was educating his grandson, Jeff, on how to get a lap dance because he wasn't doing it right. Okay, Brilliant moment. uh, That's a little creepy. (laughs) It was actually awesome. Hold on. You have to tell this part of... Oh, like, we don't want to go too much in depth. Today. Okay, we won't. Okay, <laughs> yeah. you got to censor him, man. You don't know yeah. what he might say. On That's the air. a great story, though. Yeah, because well, you know, I mean, he was like, you know, he, he was a little embarrassed, right? It was just funny. It was a great moment, man. It was honestly one of my funnest nights we had. Actually, Jonathan Drew was at that dinner. Oh um, yeah, oh, wow. Gary, Gary Pesh was at yeah. that dinner. There was a lot of people at that dinner. It was really, really. A, a, and the thing you said to Gary Pesh is, just wait to see the discount I get next week. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I can tell him. Wait to see the discount I get on my next order. Okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> so, we got a lot of stuff, a lot of things. I mean, we met we met many times at the trade show, but how we kind of got involved business-wise, actually, was on accident. Yeah, yeah. I literally walked in. I had a meeting, because I, I literally I was working on a television series, that, and we were meeting Don Rio at the time, who did My Wife and Kids with Damon Wayans and MASH. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I had a pilot episode, and the show was actually called Kiss My Ash, right? That's how I, the yeah, name originated. I think originated. you mentioned yeah. this yeah. So I had a meeting point. with Don Rio at the Havana. Beverly Hills, Grand Havana Room. Grand Havana Room in Beverly Hills. Oh. Got there a little bit early. I, I, you know, I was still very new in the business. I didn't know even what, like, I, I kind of heard of the Grand Havana Room. Didn't even know there was a scar shop downstairs, right? So I go in there, and look who's there. It's Pete. And, mm-hmm. of course, Pete was the tattoo guy. Because when I went to the trade show every day, we shook hands, maybe said hi, waved to each other. We never had an in-depth conversation, but I was new because... Oh, he had tattoos. Lot, yeah, because everybody tattoos. knew me for the tattoos, and everybody called Abe Ming. Yeah, yeah. They didn't know him yeah. by Abe. They knew him as Ming. Because that's how Drew Estate had marketed yeah. me for a cigar. Not to mention so, that's how he signed his name for many, many years. I did. I, I added it to my name. So uh, I didn't know he was there, and we started talking, and he starts telling me about the cigar, and I had never heard of it. Um, Were me, you working there at the time? Yeah. No, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I worked actually. I worked the Grand Havana room for nine years total, but uh, three of those years I actually had the brand. 
Okay. So from 2003, actually four years, from 2003 to 2006, that was the, I still worked at the Grand Okay. Grand <laughs> yeah, that, that was the time when I was there, right? You were yeah. selling it kind of out of while you were still working there. Because yeah. I, mean, I thought it was just a, a regular cigar. No, and he explained to me, no, this is my cigar, you know, <laughs> and whatever. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I started asking this. Anybody in Florida got I, I think at that time, nobody in Florida had I think it might have been your first Florida account. Yeah, I can't remember. Maybe... Very few people because Paulie had put it in a couple places around 2005, 2006. I don't think you had Paul as a rep at that time. Uh, yeah, because I, he had a no. You he did. had a sales. No, you did. We had a sales meeting in like 2000. No, you did. You did. Or no, seven or I remember like that. I, I, you did because you came to town one time and he had brought you up. You did. But yeah, there was very few people who had it, and um, we that's how our relation, our business relationship yeah. started. Bought it in way back then, and then I remember. I mean, like we had to try. It, it was years of educating the customers just how to say it, right? I mean, now it just rolls off everybody's tongue most. <laughs> Not <of it>. really. <laughs> yeah, more than it used to. It used yeah, to be real hard, yeah, yeah. you know. But that's how it started. So it, you know, came a long way. So well, it comes a long way. But I'll tell you, the, think about the time frame when we met to the first anarchy. It was actually pretty quick, but it seems so long ago. It, well, it was like that was, ten, was like, wait, ten years. Two thousand. What about ten. five years in between? Right when we do yeah, before we put like that, that project together. Yeah, and and it's funny because and I'm very proud of this. And I, I, we never really kind of we, we always talk about project, but but that was our first micro blend ever. Yep. Right. That was our first micro blend. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. So that was 2010. Yes. 2010 was so, released. We started talking about December it 10 in 2009. Yeah. I'm going to call Dojo out, Master Sensei, for the <laughs> fact that you didn't put that cigar on your top top 50. The top 50 Dude, of the decade. I the same Come thing. on, man. I thought the same thing. He didn't. No, no, no. I didn't even read the there. list yet. It's yeah, funny. Yeah. I thought this because when they talk about the top 50 cigars that impacted the market, right? Yeah. Because in my opinion, and I'm not saying this because of my, it's mine or whatever. I really believe. That had to be the most influential uh, single store release that I I know about. It was in Playboy magazine on its own. Our initial run was fifteen hundred boxes, and then when we knew it was coming out in Playboy, you know, we I think the the, the overall run on the first run ended up being over twenty five hundred boxes. Something like that. Because we made yeah. another run because it just it just went on sale. Our, our servers crashed, but multiple times. It was that's I, awesome. You, you know what's funny is I, just, I I I asked my web guy and I forgot to follow up on him. Because I was going to post it. it. It was a very well-marketed thing. And, and Pete was awesome. But I don't think Pete knew what he was getting into. No, not at all. Yeah, because Pete, <laughs> no, because Pete had done like a couple small projects. But I had this like grandiose like brainchild that all of a sudden he got caught in the whirlwind of it. And had no idea because we, we started out with just a website. But nobody oh, knew what was going no, no, on. Oh, even the... The YouTube video. I'm of getting Pete in the closet. I'm oh, getting there. Okay, but sorry. thank you. All Appreciate right. it. Not yeah. me in the closet. But thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it looked like it was in the closet. Yeah, it looked like it was in the closet. But yeah. no, no, it, it started out with just a website that didn't see anything. It was just his name brand that converted into an anarchy symbol. Yeah. Said coming whatever, and then he called me from Nicaragua. He's like, "What did you do?" I said, "I don't know what you're talking about." He said, "I don't know. I just got like 30 phone calls, all asking me what this is about. They're saying, am I starting a clothing line? Am I starting a new?'" Ba-? I said, "You're kidding me." And then we did a video and world tours. And then I went down. I met him. You were flying out to Miami. I met him in Little Havana. We did this little video, like in a dark room, where he was talking about how he had this rapper and they were bombing and like anarchy. And we had sound effects. It was actually a cool little video. I was looking for it this week, but um, it was just all anarchy based. Damon, when we finally released what the cigar was and who was making it, it just it was a big hit and obviously probably the most prolific micro blend or in my opinion, maybe single store blend ever made. So. Um, it has its own Facebook page. It's yeah. still universally visited. You know, it just became a thing. And like Playboy even reached out to us 
it wasn't an advertising. They, the caption, I still have the magazine in my drawer. The caption of the article is, not your grandfather's cigar. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So it was epically one of one of our of our first in micro blends, and um, that was like honestly an awesome project, yeah. awesome project. And we've had a few variations of it. Um, Apocalypse came up after that. We did a redo, and we'll, we got one coming up. So we'll talk about that later in the show. But I want to talk about some other cool things that we got going Get on. Jose, because I, I took that one over. So no, no, no. Hey, listen, I'm here for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I just, ride or die. I just thought he was a chauffeur. I didn't yeah. know. He was. No, no. Uh, listen, no. I, I drive. Well, I, no, we've been. We've <laughs> come pretty close since I moved to Miami. One, I have no friends down here. Two, uh, he doesn't have any friends. Whoa. Okay. So. <laughs> that makes for a perfect pairing. There you go. Well, I, listen, I'm not saying this because you're here. You know it because there's very there's been very few micro blends that we've redone. Yeah. And Ellie Hill is one of my other favorite ones. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love that size. That was a winner. Loved it. And when we redid that last year, yeah, yeah. I was also uber That was happy. a great oh, cigar. That's great a cigar. fabulous yeah. cigar. Yeah. Everything, cigar. Everything about it was great. You know, the, 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 the cigar itself was great. The, the packaging, the, the, the aesthetics of it. I mean, everything about it was great. No. We, we've had some really, really home runs and, in my opinion, some Hall of Fame yeah. cigars. We've been very blessed to work with guys like both of you and, and make some cool, cool shit happen. Um, just want to touch base before we get into the heavy stuff, right? Hand rolled. Yeah. It's been out now for what, six months? Uh, full time since what, August or so? Yeah, roughly five, yeah. six months, seven months. How, how's it doing? How, I mean, it's doing good. Is, I mean, is it something you guys watch or I, is there still I watch it all did, the time? No, no, as far as like <laughs> the, the the purchases, did it peak out? Does it flatten out? Is it a continual that's, trickle? That's something, a question for the uh, Stephen. Um, Jesse, they, okay, they know that better than I do. Okay, I just didn't know there was any. I, mean, I yeah, thought, I don't. I don't watch the the analytics of it. I thought it was an extremely enjoyable piece. Yeah, uh, I was a little confused because I thought it, I, I really kind of thought it was almost three different movies at one point. You know, like an industry movie, a historical movie, and um, but some very cool stuff, especially on the history side, and hearing from some of the manufacturers or guys that I wouldn't, I've never even had a chance to talk to. Right? Yeah, yeah. So very very cool piece. Something you might do again. Yeah, um, I mean, it's all about the money. Actually, that that's a project that cost me a lot of money. Well, let me um, ask you: uh, uh, there the are other manufacturers, business, but does it look like you'll break even? No, no. Like I, I went into it just really to give something back to the industry. Okay, I didn't, I didn't look at it as a profit thing. I didn't say you did, no. but it's nice if it was, right? No, I mean, yeah. you know, you know. I mean, hey, no. If if Netflix comes in and says, "Hey, we'll buy it for a couple hundred grand," I'll sh- I'm sure the guys will get maybe give me a little bit, right? right. <laughs> but uh, but maybe not. <laughs> no, I, I I never when I did it, it was really about trying to tell a story about our industry and giving something back to the industry because I, I looked at it as a giant commercial. Like it's a big commercial for the industry it is, and it's a yeah. history lesson. You learn a little That's bit about it's history. A little bit of a commercial mer- in, in, in history. It's like, I can't and remember what the third one humanizes was. Humanizes everybody in the industry and uh, and then you, there's some storytelling about individual brands uh, which makes it even better. I mean, I think it hits all levels. I mean, your your hair, you know, gets up it on does. your arm. Yeah. Yeah. You get a little teary-eyed. I mean, I'll tell you, I've been in rooms with, with Yanni and Jaime watching their father's portion, and I look over and I... They get glass-eyed. Yeah, we all. Yeah. We all do. I'm sure. It's funny, I, I didn't plan this, but I, I, I literally, did, as soon as it was released, I got it that day, downloaded and watched it, because I, I didn't get a chance to go see it at the trade show. And um, I texted him a picture, because that picture that I'm talking about, where yeah, you look so young, from the first great smoke, is actually in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that exact picture of him in front of the fountain with Pepin is actually in that in in in, in that movie. So that well, funny, was... funny you said. You know, one of one of the things that I liked about the movie is the fact that, like you said, it tells a story and it's about the history and so forth. But there is no single advertisement for any single company. I mean, it wasn't this wasn't a tatuaje thing. It was a, everybody. No, everybody it gets didn't. Their fair it didn't look like it was no, a single all. company promotional piece, yeah, which was, was important. It ended up being a little heavy on Nicaragua. But yeah. to be perfectly honest, when we started filming, the guys had trouble getting people to to actually say yes. Be involved, yeah. Uh, I think Pepin was actually one of the first people that that we were able to get because I convinced the family to let them it's film good. them. Right. Um, George Padron called me and said, "Hey." I keep on getting the emails from these guys. Is this a real thing? I go, no, we were actually filming someone right now, and they would love to film you. And as soon as George sat down with them, they called us. Uh, they called the, uh, Steve and Jesse the next day. Uh, George said, hey, if you guys can get down here like in an hour, I got my dad to sit down for you. Oh, wow. So like, it was like people jumped on board, and actually some of the other companies chipped in a little bit of money, which is kind of nice because, to help the process. Well, because you, sure. you, you know it just things like this happen you don't know i mean they didn't you know probably were hesitant because you don't know how legitimate something is right is this a real project is this whatever but it ended up being an extremely well done professional piece right i mean it was very well done and i still have jesse and steve do commercial stuff for me here and there uh because they're that's really that's what their talent is is commercial um they're actually producing something right now for the garcias oh nice Yeah. yeah speaking of which too you you were at the first great smoke too right yeah, with Puro yeah. Indios. With Puro yeah, Indios. Yeah, Indios. Yeah, you were yeah. actually yeah. the first great smoke yeah. too, man. Four- I was smoking the Big Chief. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Four- always <laughs> fourteen, fourteen years ago. Yeah, man, crazy time flies. Wow. All right, so I want to. We got. Wait, oh, oh. Sorry, Colin just hit a wow. For no, it's all right. I want to. Wow. I want to get into some of the PCA stuff because you were one of the first companies that kind of really put out a letter. Nah, a Facebook post. Statement. So nothing. Well, statement. I mean, yeah, I mean, today that's everything. What are you you made a me? statement. That, yeah, that's your PR yeah. in most cases. Half, half the news I find out through Facebook nowadays. I'll give you the short. Someone, <laughs> we were at an event recently, and someone got up on the stage after they won an award, and they said, I'm Team TPE. This is what, in their speech. And oh, I really? Like, <laughs> I kind of took offense to it, because. At, at I don't, a cigar awards? Yeah, and it's, it just seems silly that this person would say that, because. I think it. You have to be team industry. It's that's it. Yeah. There's no team PCA, I, no team TPE, yeah, no I, team I, CRA. I didn't. Know, I didn't realize team, you were expo team cigar teams. smoker, right? <laughs> yeah, team industry, right. team cigar industry, team cigar smoker, whatever. But don't don't pick a side because you're you think you're doing something right because the people are in the room. Yeah, it's just silly. Yeah. And this was in his defense. He's a new guy to this industry, and he doesn't understand it. So, I mean, look. I mean, we had Coupon, who was at the TP8, and and it's still 100% evident this is not a premium cigar show. They're trying to be. It's nowhere near it, right? So that's why I always said it'd be great if some way they could find a way to merge and make one show for everybody, like you said, as as team industry, right? Um, But you were first to put solidarity out there, and then a lot of letters came, right? Then it became a thing, hey, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going, and... Actually, I found out I won't be able to take my Jordan trip this summer. What? <laughs> oh, so now you can go. I'm, I'm going to end up going because I, I really was trying after this, and it just wasn't going to Coronavirus? Or? No, no <laughs> dude. I, some, I got 2.2 million miles, and I can't get one ticket anywhere using them during the summer. What? Oh, no, yeah. Five months in advance. What? Oh, because you have you do American, and they black them out. Trust me, dude. I, I'm revamping my whole mileage Delta, program Delta, baby. This. Delta. I'm using up 
our, my mileage, we're going to probably go in the Christmas, so we're not going to go this summer. I'm going to use them all up, and I'm going to another plan. Yeah. Totally, I've, I've, been, I've, I've been a frequent American Airlines member since 96. So, yeah, it's, they just lost I, me as a I tell you all the time. It's, they're, they're the worst. The worst. The worst. The worst airline so anyways, out there. I ended up, because, you know, you can't go overseas for a two-week trip, right? Yeah. And, and school starts August 10th. That's a Florida what? thing. Yeah. My kids are what? going back to school August 10th, dude. I was like, what? So there was no way I was going to go to the trade show because otherwise I'd only have like two weeks before or two weeks after. And it was just crazy. So we, we ended up not going. I convinced my wife to let him miss three days at the end of the semester and three days after winter break. And we're going to make a three-week trip out of it for Christmas, which, oh, hon- good. For, and which honestly in the Middle East is way better temperature. No one wants to be in the Middle East in the summer, right? So I, I will or, be at I will or, be at the or PCA. In Vegas. I will be at the PCA. Well, we're gonna be. Yeah. But um, you know, Arthur had a very interesting view, and I know you listen to the show. Actually, you know, for a guy who we have a hard time getting on, you're literally on the show. I, I see you I almost listen to you know to the show every week. Or I try to. Every week. I mean, yeah. it's not all the time, but I no, try to. we're busy. But I see you there as one of our industry guys very regularly. I know you caught the show with Arthur, but. You know, he had a very interesting view because obviously, which I kind of found awkward too, right? Making a press release saying you're not going. Yeah. Right? I mean, I I haven't gone many, many times and I don't know. Nobody (laughs) nobody really cared whether I showed up or not, you know. But I mean, the industry people cared because I get calls from my my peers. Abe, come on, you got to come, whatever. But, you know, the public universe could care less. I mean, I don't put it out there. Um, Do you feel there was any merit to what Arthur was talking about on, on... on how the direction of the PSPCA has been over the past decade, that, that things that they, their inability to have pivoted, maybe evolve over the last 10 years, kind of led to the current state of affairs of what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I was part of the AMAB. Actually, yep. you were on it when I was on there, okay. I think. Okay. Because Colucci was on there, Shorty, and a bunch of other okay. people. And they there was backwards thinking back then. So Totally. So yeah, I think it evolved into a problem. Um, yeah, I, I'm hoping we can fix it. Um, what I like about the PCA, in the sense of why I'm going to continue to support it, they have a lot of money, and I want that money to cool. pay all the sure. legal bills. They've always because had, I can't afford to write a check anymore. They always had a literally a war chest. Yeah. Now I can't remember. This is how I know I'm getting old. Who was the guy that was the president for 13, 14 years that eventually retired? Fader? Fader. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, now, he was, this was before my time, but, like, historically, I knew about it, because literally, like, I think I came on the board, like, maybe, because Joe Rowe was right after Fader, I think, and Joe Rowe was, I was at the end of Joe Rowe's tenure, Yeah, right? Joe, Joe was, like, the executive director, though, kind of like what uh, Scott Pierce is. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And Joe yeah. Rowe was the end of my tenure, so yeah. his last year, which, you know, he didn't want to do anything his last year, right? Because he knew he was going out. Was my first year, so that was like a year that nothing got done. That was right? actually uh, I was part of that group too. Because okay, did you get the the free glasses at the end of yes. the term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. They're really nice cut crystal glasses. They were. Um, but Fader like ran it like a business. The way he ran his shop, that's why that war chest got developed for all those years. I mean, they were sitting on tons of money. Yeah, but. As I said on the board, now you you only came in for like one meeting. I mean, we I, like we no, we were there for uh, no, but the AMA two, like two only, years. Oh yeah, we, yeah, we were only there for two meetings a year. Right, right, two meetings a year. And you we did like that a at Landini's. Little, right, you get like a little sliver of time where yeah. we, we get beat up for three or four days, you yeah. know, over there, right? And they did have backwards thinking then. It's really funny because for for a very um, conservative 
industry, most of us are conservatives, right? Mm-hmm. Their, their state of mind when it comes to retail is very liberal. I mean, it, it really is. Because the very most common sentence that we would hear regularly is, we need to level the playing field. Why? <laughs> Why do we need to level this playing field? Be a better retailer. You know, I am very close with Lou Rothman, right? And one of my mentors who I miss every day, South Fontana, literally walked me up, introduced me to him one day, said, Lou, you know, here's a guy I think you should know. And we've just become close. You know, I mean, we just had lunch a couple weeks ago. He's on my show. And I've always had nothing but extreme admiration and respect for him because every time he talks, I learn something. And I love that. I love it. I'm one of the guys, I like being the dumbest person in the room. Uh-huh. Seldom happens. But I like <laughs> I like it when I'm the dumbest person in the room. Because that means that's my most opportunity to actually okay. learn something new, right? So, you know, as I sit in other boards, the animosity and the hatred I would continually hear about people hated Lou Rothman, who they didn't even know him, no, right? They, they, they had no idea. They have him. no idea of the kind of guy he is. They don't know him. They hate his organization, but why? My belief is every one of those single persons, if they had the brain power and the opportunity, would have done exactly what he did. So what, you want to be mad at him because he was smarter than you? You know, find a way to evolve it. Guys like Lou Rothman, guys like Arthur Zaretsky, guys like Franz Blah, who's retired now and gone, they can't cater to everybody. No, oh, yeah. There's a niche out there that they can't touch, and if you can't figure out it, then that's on you. So this has been kind of a long issue, and I don't, and I, and, you know, while that's one of the reasons why there's been a lot of pullout, which is a palatable reason as far as I'm concerned, it, I, I don't far believe it's the only reason, right? I mean, that's just the most. With, know, with Arthur. Well, with our or with the big four, uh, the, um, the big four is not claiming it's claiming it's ROI or whatever, but I definitely think it's way more than that, right? I mean, you know, with Arthur, it's with Arthur, it's it's also the representation, right? Because they constantly have this thing, and you know, there's two sides of the story, and I want to get Greg Zimmerman on because he's actually been vocal in texting me, so we should get him on, okay? Because you know, they have a completely different story of what happened with Marilyn, and we should get that point of view and share it, but they've been guilty of that mentality. So I can't, you know, whether it's this one instance or not, they've just kind of had this feeling of this big part of the industry, which, look, I believe the industry is symbiotic, right? You have to understand how the the wheel of life works. I don't care who you are. You need these guys as a manufacturer. I don't need them as a retailer. You guys need them as a manufacturer. There are times where, hey, we made something. We're sitting on $150,000, $200,000 product. It's just not going anywhere. Who are you calling? You're not calling me. Right? You know, a lot of these guys in the mid-level, they need that outlet because it's all about cash flow, especially in your growing years. Growing years in the cigar industry is very cash flow brutal. Buying tobacco, sitting on it, you're buying stuff that you won't get a return on until years because there's a process to it. So it's very cash flow. So it's, it's a symbiotic relationship. And if you understand the symbiosis of how it works, you understand that they're kind of everything kind of works together. Now, not everybody uses JR or Thompson's as these kind of outlets. But a lot of people do, you know, and it's, and it's the cash flow survival of a lot of people. I think right? more so it's, it's it, for a manufacturer, yes. Yes, I'm saying, not for yeah. a retailer. No, but but for a a brand owner like myself, again, I don't manufacture anything. Well, that's true. I rely on a great factory to manufacture me great products. But the inventory is yours. The inventory that I buy is based off of what I'm ordering. So I never go deep on anything. My cash flow since day one has always been very good because I've never had a problem moving what I'm making. Well, first off, you know, not everybody has the same level of, right, planning and structure. So yeah. there's a lot of guys who 
pipe dream themselves. Like, oh no, we we can't run out. We got to get all these boxes. And guess what? Your brand didn't go, or your new line didn't go as expected. So, you know, it's just a symbiotic. Everything has a purpose. But my thing is that the answer is not in cutting out a segment of the wheel of life, as I like I call it. The answer is figuring out how to market and to deal with those people that they don't get to. Yeah. And that's something that our industry is. I sit on boards and I hear people talk about Lou and these guys. I'm like, I just don't understand it. So. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if the if the PCA over time has pivoted and did what they needed to do to really treat these guys because these guys have always kind of been an outcast. You know, I mean, yeah, and I don't understand why. Um, I'm in the same boat. I don't understand why they're part of our industry. Because at the at the end of the day, like Lou Ruffin still had a booth at the at the IPSBR or the Santa RTDA. Clara. He had those booths there, so yeah. it's like he still supported that industry. So I don't understand why. And people people were buying from him because like though he's the devil. But right. they would go but up and buy La Finca yeah. from him. Yeah. It was like, didn't make sense. Because here's what it is. Because I'm going to tell you what the problem is. Because that organization is driven by retailers. Yeah. And some of these retailers have this. If, if that organization was run like a business, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. If there was a business entity that wasn't involved in retail running it, that would have never happened. Because they, there would have been that mutual respect of how important these companies are to the wheel of life of what's going on. Yeah. But because it's sitting by retailers, and no offense, you know, some of these guys are my friends and not my friends, but some of these retailers, you know, they got their stores from dad. It's generations old. They got that mentality still stuck where these guys are the devils, right? You know, these guys are what hurt us. You know, I mean, listen, they make it harder, right? They may make it harder, but it's on you. You open no, wait, the store. Wait, wait. You, if you look at it correctly, I mean, they make it harder, yes, uh, you know, depending on how you look at it. But it also makes you step up and yeah. better your game. So it's like anything else. If you throw a LeBron James into my team, then now I got to, if I want to shine, I got to kind of step up my game or mm-hmm. else which is my I'm po- not which is my point yeah. they right? want to I mean, be static yeah. for, for for industry it's very conservative you they're very liberalized mentality yeah. when it yeah. comes to this kind yeah. of thing so that's I, just, I've never understood that the people that are like well I can't compete with them don't well, don't yeah don't go to a different avenue yeah. stay in your lane and let them stay in their lane I I, I do not compete with them I yeah. learn from them sometimes I see ideas I like and I'll emulate or I'll add yeah, my yeah. twist or make it better but I don't compete with them. the stuff that I know that they're selling that they're making the bulk of their online business we don't sell any of that brands or we sell very little of it because that's not where I, I, we, I've made my niche of my business so but but, but it, once again it's just a lot easier to cry and complain than to say, how do I better myself? It's Look, it's one of these things, too, that I talk about the PCA, right? I believe the PCA or the IPCPR, whatever you want to call it, should be like a bonsai tree. It should be pruned, right? If you don't prune something and let it grow right and grow naturally, it has adverse effects. Yeah. And that's why I believe it happened with the trade show floor, right? It just got so insanely stupid, so big. It, I don't care how many people you put in there. It's just going to look empty. Always, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. So and, and he, but, but see, they don't understand the psychology about it, right. If mm-hmm. you had limited the floor space, mm-hmm. because obviously that's not short term good money thinking, but long term, in my opinion, it is right. But if you limited, because here's what happens to a new guy or a mid level guy, right? If I'm a mid level guy and I come to my first trade show, and I'm in aisle whatever, and I've been here for four days, and you want to know what? I've seen two people walk down my aisle. What do I say? There's no yeah, one here. I say it's a fucked up show, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. There's nobody coming to the show. Now, take that same showroom floor, cut it in half. Now I'm there for four days, and I see, like, hundreds of people walking by all day. I still write no business, right? Nobody's come to my booth. But what do I say now? Well, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. yeah. I've had these people walking by all day, and I I haven't been able to get them to come to my booth. So I need to figure out 
how to, instead of making the easy right. excuse of this show sucks, I, now my mentality what am is I different. Doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? Yeah. How am I going to get these people? Yeah. What what gimmick am I going to make people make stop and talk to me yeah. so I can interact with these people walking by all day? So, and that's what happens with the adverse effect of Ling's footprint. Yeah, just keep just, getting outrageously huge. I, I agree with that. I mean, it's all about the perception, right? It's like a restaurant. If you if you got if you have ten tables in a restaurant and you got five people there eating, you you know you, it looks like it's half what it is. It's half full. But if you have a twenty table restaurant and you got the same five people, you're making the same amount of money. But anybody walking by, they look inside and they go, ah, "The place must suck because it's only five people out of 20. It, so but that's, but when you have people who aren't yeah. like trade people or you know they're retailers, man. Yeah. And honestly, some of these retailers aren't even that good at being a retailer. Now you having them run this organization that's representative of supposedly every <laughs> every guy in the industry. So I think that's what needs to be evaluated. I think I think they need to reevaluate how the leadership is handled. Because honestly, I ain't gonna lie to you, right? I do an event every year, and I know what it takes. You can't be a retailer and run your business and then get on a phone for an hour. A month and think you're going to create anything or do anything yeah. significant. You know, I've been on those calls. They were torture. You know, I mean, you'd be on there for an hour, hour and a half, and then what do we get done? You know, doesn't work that way. It needs to be run like a business. It needs to be run right. And, and hopefully, listen. I think I think they need more people to step up, though. Honestly, there's maybe, not maybe, enough. There's maybe not enough committees. Re- yeah. Maybe as advisors, but I still think it needs a full time people running it. Oh yeah, no, yeah, which they don't have. I mean, you got Scott. That's, you know, I don't know what Scott they do. Pierce and uh, and a few other people that are in the office full time. Yeah, they, they, that's what they do. Rick Vickers, uh, and they lost Dawn two years ago, which was a massive hit. That well, no one wants to talk about. Well, listen, hit or not, I'm just going to tell you what Dawn 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 got a better offer from yeah, someone she else. Did. Somebody but, made her. But I'm going to tell you something. Out of all the people I've dealt with, when I was a board member or not, she was the most on point. If oh yeah, yeah needed Dawn. something, wanted something done. You know, he couldn't even get Scott on the show. I don't know. How, I mean, he tried reaching out 10 different ways, and how'd you finally get a hold I of had, him? I had six people's email addresses from other people in the industry. All of them bounced back. None, <laughs> nobody yeah. answers the phone there. I called maybe that's, six that's days in a row. I have Scott on speed dial. Well, I so, yeah, I, I finally, on LinkedIn Premium, I, I used my LinkedIn Premium account to, to, Thanks, uh, link, LinkedIn. Yeah, to link in yeah. to Scott, and he gave me his number. But it, it, was, it, was, an extreme, it was extremely difficult. You talk about sometimes you have a hard time finding brand owners' information. You know, we we talk about that sometimes. It's hard to get people to get in touch with them. That was the hardest guest I've had to to get on the show before. Now we have a direct connect to him, but it, it was very difficult for us. So now off the PCA, right? Yeah, I want to talk about the labeling because this affects you guys both, right? Yeah, uh-huh. right. We got a couple minutes before we go to break um, and eat and, and eat. It's yes. already how 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 have has that affected you? Because I'm pretty sure you both had made moves in preparing for this labeling. And is this a final judgment? Do you guys think you're in the clear? Are you still waiting to find out whether this is something you'll have to do or not do? No, I think the labeling is going to be, it's, it's off the table for a while. Uh, I think they're going to try to fight for some type of labeling to come back, but in hopes that we can negotiate something where it's a reasonable standard. Where it's size. reasonable. Like, look at the California label. Have you seen it? No. It's a... I don't know. It's the same size of the the percentage of what it would be on a cigarette pack. Okay, which is so nothing. It's, which is a little size. But, but if you think about it, it's thirty percent of the cigarette pack. Yeah. So that's what they were trying uh. to do is give us thirty percent of the box, which doesn't make sense right. because it, now your your label's ten times the size of a cigarette pack. Okay. So so just to be cu- 
clear. California has an additional yeah. warning on top of the Surgeon General warning that's pretty much standard on the side of every box. Yeah, that's uh, every box that goes but that, out of my... That, you have that, it in your store with but my that, boxes. But that sticker is only on one side of the pack. Yeah. The cigar industry had to put it on multiple sides. Yeah, two, two, the two faces. Two fa- and was it the two faces and the side? Uh, no. No. Just the top and the vi- inside. So, so the front, it would have been the front, the, the vista, front and the and the top. And if it's one of those removable lids, obviously, or if it's a lid that flips open, yeah, you need to have it on stuff. the inside, right? Yeah. So three faces, technically. You know, I mean, most, depending on the box. Yeah, but most boxes are open lid box. Yeah, the majority of boxes are. So it's literally kind of three faces. So if you it, do a cabinet, the, the the lid goes away. Right, but it's not it's not same as what's going on with a cigarette. It's even worse. Yeah, it's even worse. So so now that's off the table. Um. Yeah, we all did a lot of work to get ready for Prepping it. for it. You move boxes, mm-hmm. logos, made yeah. room for it. But my question is, because we, as a retailer, I've already seen them. Boxes have been coming in that way. Has any of your product been labeled already? No. Okay, has any of your product been labeled already? No. So then there's definitely no plan to label the products. Okay, and so so the the boxes, but you, did you redo any of your packaging in preparation for this? We started moving around logos. Uh, cliches and yeah. logos yeah. on the boxes yeah. to, to accommodate the label, but we never made the final move. Right. Like, so if this goes away, do the cliches now stay where they are? Or do we eventually move back? No, we move back, back to the original. You think? No, so? I mean, I, I again, I never made the move on the on the cliche. Like I would oh, have to move the cliche up on the yeah. box. Oh, but you didn't do that. I in never your packaging. You never today. printed anything. No no, 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 he didn't even move the cliche. There's there are guys who've moved logos on boxes. Oh, now, yeah. That I've seen it because all of a sudden you see the logos not centered we've, on the box. We've had like, we've had them on? here, yeah, because they're getting ready to have the labels uh, you know adhered in that area yeah. no 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 we've had everything prepared for it but never not, did nothing, it no uh. we, we've made the the uh, the map but we haven't actually walked down the path yet. <laughs> now, I, I have to admit and, and you know i'm not on the pulse like coop and a lot of these other guys but i didn't even see this coming when the news broke was it out of the blue or what happened i i knew that they had another another hearing about it but i didn't know that it was gonna i had no idea about it right like, when i saw it, i was like wow it just came out like a blue, like holy cow! And because yeah. you, usually when there's like a monumental thing, you know, you'll hear Glenn, you know, you know, talk about it for like we hey, we got this big battle. You know, I didn't hear nothing. All of a sudden, hey, it's they just voted. It's you know they just made a judgment. It, you know, it's no longer necessary. So I think I heard it from Pete. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I I get pretty quick updates from from the CRA. So do you think that this is something that stands on its own? Is just this is a battle we won here? Or do you think this is a symbol? Of maybe of some maybe relief or better decisions to come. I would be hopeful that it's the second part. Well, we're all hopeful, but how <laughs> yeah. do you really feel? But, but there's a lot of work to get to that second part. I, I right now it's it's a great win, but I, there's so much work to do, and even, we can't get complacent. I mean this this industry has to stay continuing on a path to make sure we get some type of an exemption or at least some normal. Regulation, yes, and like okay, regulation light, right? You know, Re- regulation, light. <laughs> regulation, regulation zero, light. <laughs> right? Well, I, I listen. It's never ending. I was just on the phone with Rocky and George Padron, and they're yeah. they're both were up in DC all week. You yeah, know? yeah, I mean, yeah. They were. It's, yeah. it's it's insane. It's insane. So that's going on. You want to take a break? Absolutely. I uh, I got to take a little. Uh, and we're gonna have more with a man break. And Jose. Yeah, yes. we're we're gonna talk to Pete. More with Jose and Evan Darnell from the Red Meat Lovers Club is going to be here, and we will have a nice little snack. We're also going to talk about the pre-pack you can get at the Great Smoke pre-event dinner. The chaos. We're going to talk about that. I got a box right there. We're going to show that on the video. If you haven't got your tickets yet, guess what? They're still available. Get them now because they're going to go fast. And until then, 
Keep it lit. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram, too. Yes, it's mandatory. Cigar Fairy's making rounds. Yeah, that's fantastic. Welcome back. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram, too. Yes, it's mandatory. Welcome back to KMA Talk Radio. We are broadcasting live here in lovely West Palm Beach, Florida. I am Adam K., the brewmeister. With me, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Honest Dave. Uh, yeah, I make talk very little for the next, <laughs> like, 20 or 30 minutes of this episode. Yeah, uh, Paul, you might have to take over. Uh, I got a lot of... What, what are we looking at over there? Well, why don't uh, you introduce the, the Secretary of State himself uh, With first. us now, the Secretary of State... Uh, Mr. Evan Darnell. Hello, hello. Yes. I, I brought that? the meats today. I brought the meats. Well, he does always bring the meat. That is always a plus, and we are always happy about that. Of course, Pete, Mr. Pete Johnson of Tatuaje Cigar is still here. Howdy. Now, Pete, did, now what do you see? And when, Jose. What do you think? And, and, Jose and, Ortega, and the yes. hurricane is still here. The yes. hurricane. But no, I just want you to know that, Pete, you know, you've put me now in the position like where now, like, it's going to go down historically that you're on the show because of Evan Darnell. Like, <laughs> yeah. it didn't happen. <laughs> It took him to happen. He sent me a message. I go, actually, I think I can make that show. <laughs> We've only been at, listen to me. We've been only asking Pete for two years, and Evan sends Hold one on. email. Yeah, I think I can make that show. Well, every record, time, if you use a little bit of Jewish guilt, <laughs> that generational, you know, I guess it, did, in me, it didn't work for me. No, I, no, no. Well, no, no. in Paul's defense, every time he hits me up via text, it's like I'm on my way to the airport to Nicaragua. Yeah. So, <laughs> Right. I'm like, dude, I'm out of the country. <laughs> I'm going to take this camera and just want to zoom in on some of the stuff that yeah. Evan brought in, all right? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So what oh, we have here, uh, we have a combination of Creekstone Farms and Certified Angus Beef. Uh, combination, I got bone-in filet mignon. Ooh. I have bone-in bone in ribeye. And then I have these Wagyu burgers. And then I topped it with a combination of mini tater tots, crispy onions, and cheddar. This so, is all beyond meat, right? This is. <laughs> <laughs> that's beyond meat. <laughs> I, I don't think Evan knows what that word means. No, it, it means uh, get away. Right. <laughs> so, uh, this is a, a preview, a preview to what I hope to be the greatest dinner I've ever thrown. We've done about 60 events in the last 26 months. He's not lying. Yeah, I'm not lying. But I know for a fact this will be the longest table we've ever done. Because we're hoping for 150 to 200 people. Wow. Get your tickets. Get your tickets. Because pounds of meat per person ratio is <laughs> is literally, <laughs> that will also be the biggest. Off the charts. Uh, sexy Chef from Potions of Motion Catering and I have been working on getting literally hundreds of pounds of meat into uh, the Palm Beach County Fairgrounds. <laughs> and uh, I'm really excited to partner with you obviously with Abe but I've been a fan of your your company for a long time I'm wearing a hat that's uh, older than my daughter she's like a wow. yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> I've had it I've had it uh, it's traveled many cities with me and um, so I'm it's really exciting really exciting well Pete was asking me during the break about the dinner because the dinner for many years had been in restaurants like Ruth's Chris and whatnot yeah. and you know it, it was nothing wrong about Ruth's Chris I mean it was always a good dining experience but we were we were limited to 70 seats right I mean the room could only be so big right. and and we would have to smoke outside, which wasn't really bad. They had they would always provide a nice little courtyard and a little outdoor bar. And we'd have a pre-dinner smoke, go and have dinner, and then we'd all go out afterwards and continue to smoke. 
But we could never expand on it. So when we finally got together, because right. I started going to your events, I'm like, this guy puts on some epically stupid events. Yeah. If I can get this guy to do a great smoke dinner. And I was a little nervous because the format would be the first. Last year the, was the first year the format wasn't the same, right? It wasn't this, like, sit-down service and everybody coming waiting on you. It was kind of like, you know, hey, we're out in the wild. There's a whole bunch of meat. Go get it, right? <laughs> right. But everybody raved about it. Yeah. I mean, everybody said it was the best dinner ever. So... Obviously, we made sense to do it again and make yep. it bigger and better. And uh, on top of that, we're going to talk a little bit after your segment about the special cigar that Pete and I are going to have that guys will be able to try it, first ones in the country, yep. because that cigar won't be released till March of this year. But um, I want to get that. There you go. <laughs> yeah, get that mic off the meat. <laughs> yeah, get the mic. The mic's dropping on the meat. But, <laughs> but, you know, you do literally, yeah, you got, you got now placed uh, groups, faction, I forget what yep. you call it, but chapters. We New York, Ch- New York, Kentucky, Kentucky, Nashville, Canada, Toronto, yeah, yeah. Toronto, New York, Nashville. Yep. You, yeah, I mean, you just blowing up. We we've we've been getting busier and busier because what I think we do, I think we do a cigar dinner better than anyone else right now, and then we layer it's on. It's not a dinner, man. It, it's an I event. Mean, it's like a, it's yeah, a, it's beyond yeah, just you know, having a dinner. The philanthropy is obviously important to me. I don't know if I told you, like since we've we, seen each other like about- a month ago. We're up to three hundred and fifty thousand dollars we've raised for different charities wow. in the last twenty months, and the way that we do that is through auction. I hope to do another auction at uh, the Great Smoke Dinner. Uh, it's just really special. I think the culture that we bring to the dinners are uh, being generous, being friendly, having it's a great camaraderie. night. It's camaraderie. It's a passion yeah, everybody shares. Exactly. I mean, look, I I have to coach people who I bring to one of their first dinners. Right. I really because typically the the pre food you have to pay is so amazing. Yeah, that by the time, I, I'm listening. By the, time, by the way, by the time, no, 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 Wow. Like a bite and maybe share it, split it, because you're going to get so enamored that by the time you get to the main meat, you're done. Right. You're finished. Coop and, oh, I yeah. can, Coop and I can share. And we've learned from last year, we, <laughs> we're going to put a break in the table. Last time, people had to walk a, yeah. a half a football field to the other meat <laughs> station because we, we didn't put a break yeah. in the middle. There was, it was one long one table. One long so, table. So we'll, yeah. we'll do two... Two fifty yarders, if yeah, you will. We, and, we got a then. Uh, yeah, so we're really looking forward to that. A night before, we're doing another event. I was going to say, look how masochistic he has a dinner the night before our dinner. Yeah, we have uh, two hundred and thirty people going to uh, RMLC for Jordan dot com. That's going to be a really great event. We're raising a lot of money for a sick uh, friend of ours, and then we got the next night. So, the great yeah, and then we're going to Tampa on Wednesday and Thursday. So yeah. a lot, a lot of good stuff happening. But this dinner is really special to us. Um, besides, you know, I think it's really cool that we get to just do something really unique. It's not very often that you can do one table so big. You have to have a really unique situation where you have literally like a hundred yards. Of, of space. And what I liked about being at the fairgrounds is we could just smoke. We could uh, smoke sitting yeah. at a table. Yeah. The venue's very pretty. It's actually lit up very nice. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little setting, and we could just sit there, relax, and smoke. I mean, it's not yeah. like we got to walk outside. We are outside, and it's nice. Right. And February this time of year down here is kind of nice at night. It's not too... Yeah, it's been, it's been really nice, actually. Very comfortable. It's yeah. been very, very, very 
not too shabby. Now, you don't to become a member of this awesome club called the Red Meat Lovers Club. Yes. Right? I don't You don't have a patch cuz we only you, have magnets, but That's right. You don't you haven't made a patch. We, we have a, okay. we're not that I was just wondering that. I said, do I have a Red Meat Lovers Club? Yeah. But it's really funny because I got busted by Pete because actually after we had just sewn all these on, mm-hmm. I was cleaning on my desk and I found a green square tatouage patch. Man! So <laughs> I, I gave it to my assistant. I said, look, we got to add this. And I already told her we're just going to add it right here on the back. And um, I guess with all the great smoke stuff coming on, Chen got around to it. So when he walked in, he goes, you know, I see everybody's company. And I turned around to brag. I'm like, yeah, right there, buddy. He's looking at me like, uh, where? <laughs> he's like, oh, we didn't get it on? He's, he's going to give me some more current ones. So I got a lot of primo. Fortunately enough, I have a lot of coverage. So there's a lot of primo space still left on this shirt. Um, but you don't have to do anything to become no, you part have of this to group. Do, no, you, you would join our closed Facebook group. All of your listeners. So all you got to do is just. Yeah, Red Meat Lovers Club. It's a private group where I think we're up to like 2,200 people, which is great. But they got to be invited by somebody. Well, you have to be approved by me. Okay, so they don't have to be invited. They just got to... Right. It's not, a, it's not an open and then you group. Approve it. Right. Okay, well, it's easy yeah. enough. But your listeners are all cool, so we'll, <laughs> we'll get them in immediately. So, yeah, it's easy enough. And then you, you're basically part of this brotherhood. It, and if you really happen is. to be by a city where you're doing a dinner... They come. They come, and you're always welcome to join us in South Florida. We're doing events now a couple times a month, <laughs> not including my lunch at my house. Which uh, yeah, and on top of that, he does lunches at his house. Yeah, he I, just posts on the Facebook page. By the way, if you're questioning if you're invited, you're invited. Yeah, right. <laughs> Literally, he has a bunch of men in his house, and he cooks lunch at his house. And it, so do you live 40 minutes north of here or south? I live, I'll, I'll Sorry, you live closer to me. I'll live closer. But if you want to go, if you want to go, we'll just have Jose drive you up, <laughs> and I'll meet you guys over there. Poor Jose. That, that's that's really great. <laughs> Still, it's one of my favorite guys in the industry. So we have that, and then the, the the dinner is going to be so full of amazing food that if you haven't been, people that were there last year will understand. Yeah, they were go there in shock. But maybe we should like do directions, like maybe like like a cheat sheet. Well, of I your have, first. Wait, I have a meeting. video. I have a videographer that's going to be there this year, so we're actually going to get much better documentation. Perfect. of the whole event. The whole event. Yes, and again, uh, the value is there. Uh, we're bringing some great wine that's going to be included. Nice, Ooh, that's the, uh, a big right. wine guy right yep, there. Yep. And was uh, it you, wine? Wine? Is he rubbing off on you? Yeah. <laughs> so the wine, though, I saw a bottle on the table last year, and actually was labeled with your label on. Yeah, so that's it's called Wandering Vines. It's by our friend Mateus Kiwanuka, who was uh, on the Giants' Super Bowl t- winning teams. Now, he oh, has those his, guys! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Patriots fan. Yeah, <laughs> of you have enough. <laughs> you have yeah. enough. So uh, he makes a great wine, and then we put a sticker on it. Awesome. Uh, and it, it's going to be just a really, really special night. I cannot wait for this week coming I can't up. wait for it to be over. I, I cannot lie. Well, that's time. you. So you know, brutal, I get man. to enjoy my Saturday by going to the Great Smoke. I really want to just enjoy it one year. If I could find somebody just to come to do everything where I could just go and enjoy it, I would yeah, have so I, much fun. You'd have to have a lot of therapy to I go. know. <laughs> I know. Listen, I'm very proud. My new assistant, this is her first Great Smoke. Mm-hmm. We're a week away, and she hasn't had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't there on Thursday. Oh, did she cry? Oh no, no, no! She didn't cry, but like I literally freaked her out so bad. She was like, I literally saw her. She went white. And she well, was like, let me tell oh, you no. something. The fact that I haven't seen her cry is enough for me. Yes, because I, I right. hate. Right. Yeah. no, no. I don't think she's that. cried yet, but I literally freaked her out to the point of she was like, 
Oh, God. I have to go right now. It's, I can't believe I forgot It's this. a beast. And you know this is disco year, right? I don't know if anybody's told you. This is the first year we've themed the Great Smoke. It's all disco. Disco. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got, yeah. I got a tent. Did you see the stage? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I got to go back Monday. I saw it Thursday. Our stage. Oh, yeah. You were there. Yeah. Our stage has typically always been a 10 by 20 stage, you know, or 15 by 30 stage. You put a dance floor up there? No. Well, what happened <laughs> is... When, there's a good side and upside. I'll make this quick because I want to start eating. Yes. Um, in fact, why don't you get up and start serving? Oh, okay. There you go. Well, make yourself uh, what, useful. Why is Evan not serving? Because he's holding the mic from oh. dipping into the food. Well, yeah. I'll, uh, Jose can hold well, it. Let me, let me go fix <laughs> that. I'll, I'll Actually, it'll be better Hang if the on. mic was turned anyways. If you right. like, I'm making up plates. Yes. Remember, so, a chef's hand's always clean. So look, you know, we got this epic band this year. Except for when you put them down your pants. <laughs> Didn't want to share that before we ate. Bro. He doesn't. He doesn't work at Cracker Barrel. Didn't want to fine. share that before we ate. Should so, anybody work at Cracker Barrel? No, that's a fact. So, long story short, like you know, this is this is the first year we're incorporating a theme. It's never been done. I got girls on rollerblades. You've I, never had a theme. I, I haven't been to a cigar event in the country that was themed. Have you? They were cigar themed. <laughs> I'm thinking this is the first one True ever. story. I've never heard of no, one. Don't be passing me this whole thing. Oh, bro, you got to cut those in half. Yeah, Nobody's eating a whole one of those. <laughs> There's, I, I'll cut take a half. quarter you're of really that. You're really proving your non-professionalism. I don't eating. know who's this is. Right. But I, I haven't... Oh, my God. Pass me an extra mic. I mean, uh, not mic. <laughs> Plate? An extra napkin. Oh, yeah. There you go. I am... Um, oh, the burgers are still great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that. I've never Whoa. seen a themed... Uh, everybody's zoned out. I just lost the whole studio. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. here. What were you we talking talk about? No, but I haven't seen the theme cigar event ever, and this happened I, on. Yeah, I don't even. I'm not even sure if I remember. It's one. never been done. I don't think so. Yeah. So this happened on accident because I saw the advertising. Because every year we look for a theme. Every year we look for a theme to. Um, I told my wife I was going to eat with her. <laughs> <laughs> every year we look for a theme for the printing, right? Whether we're going to use earth tones or whatever. And this year, I saw our first theme, and it looked very outer spacious, like outer space, you know? And in the middle, it looked like a disco ball. Like, ooh! <laughs> very on point. Oh, that was good, Colin. I'm like, we should do a disco theme, and that's how it started. So the theme's been, can you dig it? It's all disco themed. Uh-huh. I got a club studio 54 van. The stage, they got, because, so here's what happened. There's another party going on that night, so they have a big, like, LCD screens, and they're setting up, we're going to get to use it. But this stage is like 40 by 60. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could put like 20 people up there. So this is going to be wow. an epic, epic. Uh, all right. Are we trying well, to hold it up? No, it's all right. But this is going to be an epic, epic night gonna... uh, and, and, and the music and everything. So it's You should have done these as um, sliders, man. <laughs> Even a half of a burger is too much. You guys didn't get any? Oh. I think that plate's waiting for me and Adam to share. All right. Well, Maybe not. I want to talk about the cigar. So we talked a little bit oh, earlier hold, hold about. Why I want to talk about this pass, sandwich? Yeah. Which one? The no, burger? The burger, man. Right. Whoa! Pass you the plate over there. That one? Wait, yeah, what's please. on this again? Yes, please. Is this the plate you want? Yes, please. With your mouth full. Tell me what's on this. <laughs> oh my god! Sure. Yes, please. Please, please send something please, here. Please. Oh, this is. Dear. <laughs> Not making me wait. Is this the bone-in fillet bites? Because it's uh, like retarded. There's another piece of burger over there. So. And then oh. I'll let you get that one. I'm gonna get this one, Paul. Okay. You, can get right, you have to understand. I'll wait for burger. Mm-hmm. I hate, mm-hmm. hate eating at events. Hate it. Me too. I always, I always hate being in a room where someone wants to come up and talk to me. While you're eating. While I'm eating. So I avoid eating. And here I am doing it on Facebook Live. I lie. <laughs> and radio. I bring out greatness. I bring out greatness. Well, yeah. Oh, oh man. Can I just get a videotape of this, this, this piece of meat here? I mean, look at this. 
I got it right on your camera. Oh, oh my God. God. Whoa. Yeah. That just melted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it doesn't suck. We got a lot of chewing sound <laughs> yeah, going on yeah, right yeah. now. Jose, you got very quiet. Mm. This makes for great radio right now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll take over the show. So we okay, got the great smoke. Please there. do. Yeah. Did, did you see my post? Why we keep inviting Aaron Dunn? Well, I'll, I'll keep on bringing the meat. <laughs> so we're doing, uh, and so you guys know, we're doing a 28-day aged prime ribeyes. We're doing uh, flat iron steaks and filet mignon. Just as the entrees, and then we got like nine other things that we're passing around. A little bit, a little bit more excited about the dinner now, Pete. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that piece of burger? Uh, so, for you, for you. I will tell you though, when when my my wife found out that I was doing the dinner, she asked me. She goes, "Where is this dinner?" I go. Abe's, and she goes, "No, is it going to be in the strip club?" I go, <laughs> "I go, no." Listen, you know what I love because my wife because that was a long time ago, right? The first ones, yeah. yes, the dinners were in the strip club. That's right, Rachel's. But that was Rachel's, just so we know, because our listeners are like, that's like a five, you know, four or five star steakhouse, right? right. Epically good steakhouse. Hello, so it's an, still an upscale restaurant that's in there, but. <laughs> That's funny. Where's there? But and the waitresses are closed. Wait, Pete right? just did it, and my wife always does it. And one, and, and and you'll probably relate, and you'll probably relate, right? I love it when people talk in their wife's tone, or my wife does. My when my wife imitates me, like I don't sound like that, right? They go into this different voice mode to impersonate yeah. their spouse. Do you notice that or not? I, I get him. I get made fun of all the time by my wife for good. But reason. it's not even accurate. Like if I do my wife, it, yeah, you know, it's it's pretty much. It's like not even close. I don't sound like that. I don't move like that. But my wife does it all the time. I think we need to speak with her and have her do it on the air. Yeah. And then I, I'll make that determination. That no, yeah. It's just a force of habit for me because when I was a kid, I liked to impersonate people. Dude, you just did. So. You, you got all rigid and you did that voice. And he was, and, he was and, doing and he, Yanni. He throws a Spanish accent. So in my constant efforts to always kind of work off this... One of my most prized microblends, the Anarchy, um, and this is the tenth anniversary. Mm-hmm. This is—it's been ten years since we released the original Anarchy, and now we had done a redo of the Anarchy, but and the apocalypse uh, and the apocalypse. And you know, when I talked to Pete, you know, Pete had come up with the idea of of making a different size for the first time. So this this was actually this is the well, the same blend as the original Anarchy blend that w- yeah. was made. I'm going to show a little picture of the cigars here, but this is a different size. Yep. Do we got it? Mm-hmm. Now this cigar still has the Anarchy. Basically, I, I, I'm not sure how you call it, but we call it the Honey Bun. We call it Ammonia. The Princess Leia. Ammonia. The Princess Ammonia. Yeah, uh, Lamonia is uh, like. That's two words, La Monia, right? La Monia. Yeah. Till the, yeah. What does La Monia translate to? La Monia is like a, a ponytail like almost. A bun. Like a bun. A bun. Yeah, a bun. So let me get a close up of this this famous now basically bun cap that ah. that was totally Pete's I'll tell you, it looks doing. Like a, it looks like a yarmulke. <laughs> <laughs> this is a well, kosher cigar. Mishbuka. <laughs> you do that very well, by the way. I'm from Long Island, man. But um, this just hasn't been, uh, what you call it yet, uh, it hasn't had circumcised. It. It hasn't yeah, had yeah it hasn't been circumcised yet. Moyle hasn't hit it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Moyle hasn't hit it. <laughs> but someone call the Moyle. So, 
Uh, this is going to be a limited release coming out in March. March. Um, after They're we... actually sitting in Miami now aging. I know. Waiting for you. I know. Pizza, <laughs> can we ship these? I'm like, dude, no. No, I, I, I knew you had too much I going on. I got great smoke There's a lot of stuff, stuff all over the place. But it's, um, this will be going to other retailers, too. There'll be some select retailers in the country that will be picking this up. So Yeah, but a, a small amount of boxes. Right. Uh, Abe, of course, is going to have the the big to do, and then probably three weeks to a month later, I'll allow I don't know forty other retailers to get a small batch of them. Now, Did you already pan picked those guys. You always kind of know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually I, I I like supporting people who support me. That's the way it should be. Absolutely. So, so one of the things we always like to do, especially when we have a guest like you at our dinner, is. I'd like to give them a little sneak peek of something. So right now I have this three-pack, which you developed. You made this box. The guys that are going to be at the dinner next Friday kind of won't have to wait till March to, taste to it, chase yeah. these. They'll be the first in the country. And here's a little chaos. We call this one chaos. So this particular line, That's awesome. the size of chaos. And they'll be the first in the country to get these three cigars. Now, I want to point out that this middle cigar here it was solely a idea. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want them to fall out of my meat. Uh, there you go. <laughs> these are solely, or you don't want your meat to fall out, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody, believe me, nobody, no one wants nobody, the meat yeah, to fall no out. No one wants yeah. my meat to fall out. But this middle cigar, you know, you, we, we kind of have this fun creative process, right? Because we text back and forth on some ideas. It was all through text, right? It was really all through text. And he, what do you think of this? And what do you think of that? And even I, even some ideas. And we go back and forth. So he sends me this picture. Goes, dude, I just kind of made this. And I like it. And basically, you took the blend and you just put it in a Connecticut Connecticut wrapper. Yeah. So this cigar doesn't really even exist, right? This was basically Pete just kind of made it. Which I love the name you chose for it, too. Well, because it's all apocalyptic anarchy, yeah. so it's called the Pale Horse, which was the horse that death rides, of the, the four horsemen. Mm-hmm. So we, we just kind of saw it, and I'm like, oh, dude, that's going to be the Pale Horse. So, But this cigar is not in production. It's never been made. We don't know if we're going to make it or eventually make it, but you'll be the first guy in the world to try. I ha- Because... There's 333 of them. That's it. <laughs> That's it. There's 333 of these pale horse cigars right now. That's it. So um, it's pretty cool. I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't tried it yet because this was the first pack you had sent me for photography, so I couldn't smoke it. And by the time we got the other ones, we've just been so inundated with the great smoke, it's already been packed away for the dinner. So I haven't even tried so part of the ticket price, though, for the dinner is a pack. You get yep. you, you get this literal pack included into this epic. Look, see, told you see, the <laughs> epic mounds of meat. So love it. There are still some dinner tickets available. So if you're out there, if you're coming to the event, if you haven't purchased this dinner, I extremely and highly suggest you. Where, do. What's the best place for them to go? TheGreatSmoke.com. TheGreatSmoke.com. What's, what's the ticket price? It's one hundred fifty dollars for dinner. That's a great deal. Which includes all the food. Everything, just think about $50 in cigars. Yeah, right this, yeah. Is, this is literally $50 in cigars. And, and, and not just that, but you're getting a cigar that we don't know will ever be made. I mean, yeah. it's, it's super, super special. And I, I can't wait to try it. You know? So does that include wine, too? It includes yeah. wine and then I like water it. or whatever. Soda, but yeah. it's so it's, it's, you're basically paying $100 for a full meal. Yeah. Yes. And full drinking wine. Did and you see the quality of what you're eating? And yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm just telling you. This is a snippet. When I tell you what I'm telling you right now, don't go nuts pre-dinner. Don't because, go crazy on the appetizers. I'm telling you, I've had some of the best appetizers, pre-dinner hand bites I've ever had at this guy's event. He makes this bacon thing. I call it crack. No, literally. No, listen to me. Listen to me. I, 
I, I have to put this in a scenario, and I don't want to bore the listeners, but it's a great story, right? He makes his bacon appetizers. It's, it's literally crack. I don't know what it is. It's like the little best bacon bits like ever, right? It's still tender but crispy on the outside, you know, not like a chicharroni, but I mean, just like ne- some next level crap, right? So he headed to dinner last night. Now, the people at the South Florida Fairgrounds are truly amazing. It's really. I have so much respect for the stuff they do and how they break stuff and do it fast. Like, the first year we moved there, I was in such paranoia because I had no control over nothing. I literally showed them a floor plan. They did, and they're like, oh, and I would tell them, hey, listen, you want us to email you? He's no, I got it. I'd be like, no. no, dude. Let me put it in writing so you remember. They're on point, right? So we had a couple of the guys really put in the hard work at the dinner. This guy for a year has been busting my balls about getting him some of this bacon. Right, so wait, for a year. What is it like impea? You know impea. It, it's it's basically it's sweet, salty, spicy, fried bacon. But it's bacon. Pork belly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So then, I took a moment to sneak a bite in. Sorry. <laughs> Couldn't tell. <laughs> right. So, so here's a great story. He he's he's asked me multiple times, and I'll, I'll text Evan. This is no problem. I forget. He forgets. It's been going on for a year. So. I really needed a hookup from him, like really, really bad. Like, bro, please, we can make this happen. It would make my world. He goes, how about that bacon? So I literally texted Evan. I said, Evan, man, I really need to get this guy some bacon. (laughs) He shows up to my office, a full pan. A a bathtub of bacon. Of bacon. Is it thicker than normal? Like, really? um, If you've ever been to Peter Luger's, it's like uh, perfect. It looks like like a sugar cube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. bacon. But it's that's that gnarly. thickness. So, so wait, so listen. So he shows up with three pounds. So I'm smelling this in my office. I start <laughs> eating it. I literally told him, I told my assistant, I said, Marissa, go take this to the fairgrounds right now. <laughs> now. Yeah. Right now. Walk out the door. And that dude, like, couldn't believe it. Hooked me up. I mean, it's like the best crack. So I tell you, don't get over enamored with the pre-food festivities. Be very, very careful. Yeah. <laughs> I'll watch him. So once again, oh, yeah. you'll be babysitting. Everybody coming to the dinner next Friday will walk out with one of these cigars with three awesome cigars. I might have to buy some extra tickets. I have, I have a few people that are going to want to go. In one of the yeah. most historic, honestly, epic dinners that may happen with one of, my opinion, one of the most historic cigars in this industry, which should have been. It, it's so funny you said that because I read that article. It was Sensei. What, and, what the hell, man? And I honestly, <laughs> I, I honestly kind of expected that it, scrolling through there that I, would have, I was going to see that in there. I had the same exact thought. That's funny. What are the other two cigars in there? The, the, they're, 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 the, the, they're the chaos They're the cigar? chaos. Okay. The ones that are going to come out in March in these 10-count okay. boxes. And then you have one of the Pale Horse, which is the exact same blend that he had used a Connecticut wrapper with. That's awesome. I, I can't Dude, wait for that. Where, how would you get them so fast? <laughs> guy's on point and the horse he had with them was really dead. he's on point <laughs> so evan anything else you want to tell our listenership of what you got going on if or do you want to give us more if meat? you're not at the great smoke vip dinner you have to re-examine your your love of life <laughs> and you will have to write a, a, a apology letter to yourself if you're not there <laughs> <laughs> all i know is mandatory I, I got this half burger that's been staring at me i can't even attack it right now Oh, you don't want to? Oh, no, I, I do. But, okay, I well, that's going to put me out of talking for at least 30 well, to 45 seconds. T- t- tell you what. <laughs> at least, well, one bite. Well, yeah, one bite. Right, right. Well, tell you what. You can bite into that, and I will, take do a... our, I will bring in our special on-the-phone guest. We got Coop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, me, let, me, let me get a bite while you get Coop yeah, on. You, you take a bite, and I'm going to bring in Mr. William Cooper. Let's uh, play the theme music. 
What's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. I'm so glad you had that face on camera there. (laughs) That was like, chopping on the burger. That was like... That yeah. was Abe's O face. That was like wow. that was yeah. weird. Oh yeah. But uh, on the phone now from the hills of the Carolinas, wishing he was here with us wow. eating this delicious steak and burger, Mr. William Cooper. Coop, what's happening, buddy? Oh, you guys are killing me. <laughs> hey, you're going next week. I don't wow. get to go. You get to go though. Oh, I'm going, yeah. In fact, I'm going to Pro Cigar, and I'm coming back a day early for this. So I'm leaving Pro Cigar a day early because I want to be at that dinner. As everybody should. Let me tell you something. Yeah. I had a five people say, I'm going like, to leave a day early. And someone said, and miss the poker game? Yeah, dude. For that right there, <laughs> I'd miss any poker game. Cooper, are right you going to sit next to me? Listen. <laughs> Is that weird? Was that an oh, awkward question? That was a little weird. We're not sharing. We're not sharing. That was so weird. Why do you have to go there, Paul? Paul, why do you have to are, be this awkward? Are you going to feed each other like little bites? I, you know, Evan said we should share, so I, you know, I figured like Coop birds? wants to share. He's a fellow yeah. New Yorker. That was so weird. <laughs> Come on, man. What's the matter Come with you? Come on. I can't tell if it's him laughing or if it's Colin playing Coop laughing. I know. You know, Colin has a sound bite of Coop laughing. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a, it's a better Coop than Coop. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a soundbite? No, that was a soundbite. <laughs> oh, man, I don't that know. That was a soundbite of Coop laughing again. Oh. All right, so, Coop, what's the uh, what's the biggest thing going on in the world this uh, this week? Um, There was a very, it was, it, yeah, there was an announcement, and I hate I hate doing a political thing, right, mm-hmm. uh, these days, but there was a, uh, and probably folks heard this, uh, President Trump has announced his proposed budget for the year the fiscal year, and it was a very interesting item in that it's, I think, sparked a lot of conversation, and it's over tobacco regulation. And under what the president's proposed, he's proposing basically taking tobacco out of the FDA and moving it into a separate agency that would still be under the Department of Health and Human Services. And that set up quite a reaction, a uh, split reaction from people in the industry this week. Well, I mean, that's an interesting topic because, like, everybody's been talking about the FDA has no idea what they're doing. So now if we try to put this into a new organization, do, are they still not going to have any idea what they're doing? You look, you want to have something no, to say, No, let, let me answer that question. Well, yeah, go ahead, Yeah, Duke. it's a fair question. and it's the, Here's the thing. it's the Under the FDA, it's the Center for Tobacco Products that's doing all this, right? Mm-hmm. They're not going to just implode the Center for Tobacco Products and and start from scratch. They're going to basically move the, these guys over to another agency here. So my guess it's still going to be Mitch Zeller and his band of merry men who are kind of doing a, a lot of this regulation. So I'm not sure you're going to get that like right off the bat. Um, what I do, what I what I think is interesting is I, I hear people saying, "Well, maybe they'll they'll understand tobacco and leave it alone." I don't agree with that. This is being set up. You don't create an agency to deregulate. You create an ag- agency to regulate. And, that, and that's what's happening here. I've heard two different arguments to this story, and I'll be interested to see what Pete and Jose have to say about it, right? The first argument I heard is this is not good because now instead of being one in 8,000 things that the FDA is working on where we're not at the forefront of the you know, process, we're basically now the process, right? The only process. So I heard that negatively. Then from people well within the industry, I heard while that may be true, Dealing with these kind of people instead of dealing with the FDA that regulates, excuse me, God, food, sorry, (laughs) that deals with, (laughs) that deals with, um, 
uh, they, they, this type of an organization would be easier to deal with and, and, and have a conversation with about our industry to educate our about our industry and maybe come to more rational place in our industry than trying to do that with a big entity like the FDA that really doesn't want to have to deal with anybody, right? Just give that breaks a little Viagra. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's the two arguments I've heard. What have, what have you heard, Pete, so far on this kind of stuff? I've heard more of the latter. Right? That it's, um, it's more positive than negative. Yeah. I mean, plus, I mean, you have to look at it as like, okay, the lawsuit's against the FDA. What happens in a lawsuit? But I don't, I don't think it's all going to happen. I, don't, I think it's really just, just Trump. I, I just think it's Trump being sneaky because if he says, I'm going to deregulate tobacco before an election, of course. it's going to be a problem. So this is his way of like saying, huh. we're going to regulate tobacco, well, but we're going to do it next year. But listen, you know, after I become right, president right. again. But that's, like but that's been one of my arguments because that, that's been one of my arguments too is I, I've kind of said, look, if he's going to do anything tobacco related, he will not do it until a second term. Right, no one's going to go into a campaign under the banner of "Yeah, I help deregulate tobacco." Right, I don't care if it's the premium cigar side alone or not. Mm-hmm. That's going to be translated to "I deregulate tobacco to help tobacco get in little kids' hands." Yeah, nothing would happen until the second term anyway. That's always been my belief. Any guy, any people who thought this was going to be like, "Oh, Trump got elected, he's going to deregulate tobacco because he doesn't like overregulation and over," I, I think they weren't really being honest with themselves because ultimately, at the end, you want to get reelected, right? Exactly. So. I don't think so. Jose, how do you... This is your mic. Sorry, but what do you think? No, I, I, I tend to agree with you guys on the on the latter as well. I mean, I, I think once it's more focused and whatever this this group that gets put together, uh, they're going to be more focused on on tobacco as a whole. So it's, it's a lot easier to deal with them than when they are involved in many other things and it's a bigger organization. And like you said, there's 8,000 other things to regulate. Now, Coop, you were one of the guys that I saw that mentioned you thought this was going to be worse for us. I do. Because, again, I don't, I don't believe that. Um, I believe, if anything, this is going to give some things maybe more attention now. This is going to be a totally tobacco-focused group, right? And, again, I kind of go back to my point. The agency's not being set up to help us. It's being set up to regulate us okay. and enforce regulation. Okay, but as devil's, um, as devil's advocate, right, would more attention be the bad thing if it was the right attention? So let me get, let me just try to explain to you, right? The FDA has no clue what they're doing. It's been apparent in the last two years, right? They've passed all these regulations that they conceptually don't even know how they're going to enforce, that conceptually they don't even understand. So if you had a group, because listen, we're, we're a pebble in their universe, right? We're nothing. They're dealing with you know stuff that makes your penis fall off and ears fall off and whatever. We, they're, they're, anal they're, leakage. Yeah, anal oh, leakage. They're, they're, they're not really worried about the cigar industry. So just think about this now. If you have a group that this is their concern that would actually maybe take the time to listen, to understand what they're trying to regulate and maybe come up with a regulation that actually serves a purpose. Because at the end of the day, right, that's what it's all supposed to be about. Making regulation that doesn't serve a purpose is just retarded, right? That's just not doing anything. It's supposed to protect something. You want to protect the minor? Fine, protect the minor. Be smart enough to understand that a minor's not coming into my store looking for a Big Gulp or a Slurpee or a Slim Jim, right? No, there's no 18-year-old kids accidentally being exposed to tobacco walking through my store. The FDA is never going to understand that concept, right? So... If you get more attention, but it's the right attention, you don't think that that possibly could have a more beneficial effect? 
this is the federal government we're talking about here. When have they ever? When has there ever been a case study that right. this was worked in any agency under the federal government? That's kind of where I'm going. What makes us think that suddenly there's going to be this? Uh, everyone's going to see the light with tobacco. So I, I guess that's why I'm saying that I think that there's no history here to show that this will ever work. Well, it's it's kind of hard to argue the point that the federal government does nothing properly or efficiently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's kind of where that's kind of where I'm. Co- I, I think at least we know the FDA is a little bit of a known quantity, and we know that there's there's definitely higher priorities in that agency right now. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I I know people want to take a wait and see attitude. And I, I get that, but I'm just not. Like, I don't think. First of all, I don't think this is going to happen either. Uh, I don't think this will ever get through. The budget will ever get through. But it's starting. I think engage that this may be something down the road. That happens, you know. Maybe this is proposed two or three times before it happens. So maybe something we see in the future. Now, I asked the guys earlier. I'm just curious what your take is. Do you believe that this uh, warning label judgment is a standalone victory? Do you think that this is a possible highlight of things to come? Um, right now, I'll kind of just say it's a standalone victory based again on track record. Um, it's definitely a victory. Oh. Uh, I think the substantial equivalence thing is a whole different animal. So um, we'll, we'll see because you know that, now you're dealing with you know you know now you're dealing with stuff that's a little. The warning labels wasn't as a scientific thing, and depending on what type of scientific data that they may make up or not make up or whatever, that's where I think the substantial equivalence stuff is going to go. So I would say more standalone right now. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Okay, so Coop. Uh, what do you got coming up this week on Cigar-Coop.com? Uh, I'll be at Pro Cigar, um, so you'll be getting reports from me down at Pro Cigar. There'll be a couple of reviews I know we're posting this week as well. Um, and then I'll be shifting my attention to the Great Smoke at the end of the week. We'll have some stuff from down there as well. Nice. When are you, when you get into town? Um, I will be fly- I'm actually getting into town Monday, oh. but um, I'm flying back uh, Thursday night from the DR. Okay. So uh, I'll right. be in all day Friday, yeah. All right, good. If we have uh, 20 seconds to breathe, I'm sure we will say hi to you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> next Absolutely, <week>. yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Koopa Loop, enjoy Pro Cigar. We will uh, see you next week, buddy. Look forward to everyone. See everyone then. Take uh, care. Make sure you check out cigar.coop.com for all the latest news, high-quality reviews, and all the information going on in the cigar industry. The man is no rumors, no teasers, no spoilers. <laughs> I love Coop, man. He's the best. He, he's definitely a positive to this industry and he's got a great fan base absolutely I mean, everybody loves the coop oh yeah so except for that one guy i'm just worried about his health <laughs> uh, i dude he uh, the stuff that he posts i know i keep teasing him, dude you have to get your cholesterol checked listen i'm a big heavy dude but i get my blood checked really regularly yeah and so far so good everything's just i'm just overweight right but dude, he eats so much Bad stuff on the road, and he loves it. Everything he like, he like uh, meticulously time, rates. Yes, uh, uh, fast food restaurants uh, every everywhere time, he every goes. Every time he's anywhere near Texas, he get, he gets a Whataburger. Yeah, Whataburger, <laughs> and he showed it. To, oh my god, it sounds like he's still on the phone. I know. So wait, quick question: We got what? One, two, three, six guys in the room, yeah. right? How many guys have had the Popeyes chicken sandwich? Love it. Really? Do you I really? have not? Love it. I, oh wait, that, that, that was like a half arm. Did you have it or not? I had it. I had both. What you mean the spicy and the non spicy? Yeah, the spicy and the non spicy is just the mayonnaise. That's it. The spicy is you only gotta get everything spicy. So only two people I now I ain't gonna lie. I I, have you had it? No, I have not. I attempted to. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know I I, I attempted to as well. Anytime I see a line like wrapped around the block, I just keep going. Forget about it. I I still can't believe this, but how long has that sandwich been out? 
Five months? Five, six yeah, months? It's a matter of months. And yeah. every time I see a Popeye's, like, because I mean, like, it's not a regular place I go to, so I can't even tell you, like, where the Popeye's are. I only but know where one is in the I don't county. Care, I don't care if I just, like, had lunch. If I'm driving, I see a Popeye's, I go, ooh, let me go see if I could try that sandwich. And I pull in, and oh, there's really? still lines. Yeah. There's still lines for a sandwich. Yeah. I mean, what's going on? But I Is it that good, it. Pete? Well, there's two guys in the room that have had it. It's yeah. good. I mean, if you compare, okay, so again, what makes it spicy is just the sauce. The mayo. That's it. It's really? There's no, yeah. there's no spice in the breading. Because for the kids one day, one kid wanted a spicy one and a non-spicy one. I said, I need a spicy one without the sauce. And then, a uh, because he doesn't like mayonnaise, and she goes, well, this mayonnaise makes it spicy. I'm like, <laughs> oh. okay, just give them both without mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, and, dude, it's solid. Because if you look at Chick-fil-A's version of it, like, you get a lot of meat on this Popeye's one. Well, I, well, I, I love Popeye's well, when I, I was a kid. I, I have wait, to I understand. Have... It's, Popeye's has my, always been my favorite Was it really? Chicken. God, oh, I yeah. didn't. I never liked it. I always it. loved Popeye's. Never liked it. I mean, I'm not Way better chicken. than yeah, any other ones. Chicken. It's re- yeah. I, yeah, Popeye's it, is even the Even con- the rice and beans. I mean, I just, yeah. I'm not a big fast food guy, right? But if I got to go get fried chicken, I would prefer Popeye's or anything else. But I, 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 I never, and maybe somebody in the room could explain this to me, I don't understand what the cultural phenomenon is with Chick-fil-A. They're not that great. Because it's limited. You only get six days a week. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. It's delicious. I, I, it, what? There's no. No, it's, it's good. It's good. Okay, hold on. Okay, listen to me. I, I, like at the fairgrounds, when we've been up setting up in the yeah. past four, we've sent guys to go get Chick-fil-A. It's not bad. I, I mean, it's not bad, but when you go there and you see lions, it's like they're giving away the food for free. You and I are in the <laughs> right? same boat. I don't, I don't, I don't get under, it. It's not even a great sandwich. It's just a good sandwich. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. And by the way, it's also, but they, they feel like their you're own eating groupies. fast food. With they have their, their own yeah. culture. I yeah, don't, I, I, like, I agree with you with that. And you know what they do have is though great service. The people there, yeah, they, they do, they do, the no, no, they do. No, 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 service. no, I'm going to tell you something. I have been in that line, and I've looked at, it and I've been like, man, I got to get lunch because I hate lines yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not going to yeah, wait 30 minutes to buy food, yeah. right? Dude, they move them out. Yeah, they got three guys out there with it's teleprompters. Amazing. They don't mess up the order. Yeah. They are on point. So that I will give Chick Fil A. Yeah. Yeah. They move them out. Yeah. They they have got their, you know, pr- protocol, their logistics like down to a science. Man, yeah. they are moving people out. Yeah. But the food's okay. No, I agree. It's and not great. Now th- th- you got to admit, in my opinion, the fries are the best fries out there. Those waffle chip fries. I don't think about yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Yes. Like they're waffle fries. Thank you. Yeah. They're Thank waffle fries. I'm with Pete. They're just a okay, fry. Okay, but Pete, what is the best fry then? McDonald's. Uh, oh. I mean, if you had to go fast, you do In-N-Out in and out fries, if, if you have In-N-Out fries, like within the second you order oh, them, they're amazing. Maybe they're good. Yeah. But they're dead by I the time you get, get them home. In and, I can't get In-N-Out fries here. That's the problem. Five Guys But Five Guys, same thing. Five oh, guys Cajun. yeah, you know what? Oh. Those are good. Thank you. Those are really Dude, good. I'm not 400 pounds for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I, I do remember, actually, we ordered Five Guys to the house one five day, guys and I ate Cajun. all the fries. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you some Five Guys Cajun fries, yeah. especially even if you pick it up driving home, and you just eat it while driving home out of the bag while you're driving. Yeah. That's usually um, how I eat fries. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. But I'm not a fry guy. Like, fries never, like, I'll go to an order of burger with no fries. I really don't care. Yeah. They're in front of me. I'll pick them, especially if they're hot and I'm driving. No, but on a drunken evening, <laughs> drunken evening. There we go. When you have a drive through of McDonald's that's open 24 hours. Just the, the fries are, yeah. Salty fries are, well, like, really good <laughs> for your body. Well, on that note now, that since we're in this topic, because mm-hmm. here's another one I haven't tried that I'm a little bit curious about, right? Anybody have nacho fries? No, no. don't do that. I, I haven't done it, but nobody. Yeah, oh, I tried them when they nobody? first came out because somebody actually had them. You, you did try them. Ugh. 
terrible. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that. No, at all. no, I've not. Well, done I, that I had to believe all. it wasn't a winner when it didn't become like a regular menu item, right? I don't. Are they still available? I don't think they, they, are, they, are they? they redid it. I think they came out with it again. I, I, I have to admit, the campaign marketing was brilliant. Oh yeah, Timothy Oliphant. And- it wasn't Timothy Oliphant. It was the other guy. From from Vegas. Oh, it was uh, what's her name? Fergie's husband. Yes, um, oh, Josh. Uh, yeah, yeah, the guy from Transformers. Yes, but yeah, he was in the that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that guy. Dunham. He Dunham, was in the Dunham, like that. Yeah, t- Tatum. No, no, no. Yeah. D. What? Does it start with a D? Yeah, everything's Josh with Dunham. D. Yeah, look it up. You Something sit in like front that. of the computer. Yeah. But anyway, who's Fergie's husband? No, Josh Dumel. He, Sorry, he, he, Josh Dumel. Josh Dumel. Yeah, yeah. Tad Hamilton. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there. He, wow. Wow. Tad Hamilton reference. Yeah. Wow. That's go. a poll. But yeah, I mean that that marketing campaign was actually pretty brilliant. I liked it. You know? I don't remember it. it, was, it <laughs> Me neither. Oh, it was like a storyline of evolution of the secret. It was. It was actually pretty good. Oh yeah, guy going crazy. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty marketing. Right. So. Um, while we got Jose in the room, a little bit of a story we didn't have a chance to touch base on. Um, I ain't going to lie. This was like could be one of the first Cuban brands I ever smoked. Um, literally, when I was just getting into cigars. Um, and it had always been a staple name in the industry. Kind of slowed down over the years. But, you know, the uh, Garcia family and my father's cigars have acquired a one of the you know, oldest Cuban brand names I know, Fonseca. Yeah. How did yeah. that come about? Well, uh, actually, Pete could probably... A lot of secret meetings. (laughs) Everything in this industry is a lot of secret meetings. You you, you might might get more information out of Pete on that There was always that question of like, why is he here in the office? Why is Manolo here in this office? (laughs) (laughs) And I I would just be like, I know nothing. Right. <laughs> I, I love him. He really is. Uh, a he's super, one of the best guys. In the super thing. nice 100%. guy. We we had him on the show once. Is one of my favorite episodes. He really, really is a nice guy. I, I think it was. Uh, it's actually been a great thing. It's for for us. Uh, I think it's well deserved that Pepin now has the ability to uh, do what he's managed in Jaime uh, and Jenny. What they've managed to do with their own brands to now do it to a Cuban brand. So it's well deserved. But. Uh, and I think, as far as the Casadas are concerned, I think that they're they they really truly uh, couldn't trust that brand into somebody else's hand that that is going to do the justice that they would have, you know, that they would that they've done or they would have liked to see. So why, I think it's a win win. But why sell a brand? Mm-hmm. They, they just couldn't make anything work with it. They just gave up on it. Just don't don't see the. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't I don't dig into my wife's business. Um, <laughs> But you know, like I think, I, I think that uh, you know, it was the the question came up, right. and then and, okay, well, yeah, we'll we'll discuss it. Like, H- had they been doing anything with the brand? Not much, right? I mean, not I, much. I can't even tell you if there was still Fonseca's on the shelf anywhere. Was, was there Fonseca's on the shelf? I mean, they came up with the, yeah, yeah, the Fonseca yeah, 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 Rockwin yeah, like yeah. two years ago. Yeah, two years ago, but I didn't even yeah. see that. Actually, uh, two Fonseca's were in the best buy list of cigar aficionado this year. Wow. Which was okay. just awkward because awkward, it was already right? owned by the Garcias when it came out. <laughs> now, so. has my father made anything under the Fonseca name yet? Sometimes I'm a little ignorant. Not I want to make sure I didn't miss anything. It will be released yeah. at the show. Not as of yet. <laughs> okay. So, so, I mean, well, the, the, yeah, so the so. expectation is there will be a Fonseca by my father at the 2020 PCA. That is correct. Which yes. now I'll be able to make. That is correct. Hey, hey, hey. That oh, okay. Awesome. So now you will get to try it. Oh, I will get to try it. There's a lot of things I listen. There's a lot of things I undoubtedly miss by not going to the trade show. But honestly, one of my things is, and, and you know, I, you guys know me outside of business. 
it's just a tough time of year, man. I got oh, four yeah. young kids who got summer two months and summer vacation. Yeah, it's busy hard. time in the store. Yeah, it's, family it's just first. hard to get away from my family. When Family's the kids were first. listen, before we had kids, Pete, no, man. That was me and my wife's like, hey, that's our summer trip. We're going yeah. to trade show. We have a good time. We party like rock stars. And then the kids come. Yeah. And I think the first one or two, we bought Petra as a baby. You know? And it was kind of easy when you got one. But now you got four, man. Yeah. I mean, you know? You <laughs> yeah, know, plane I, tickets I, get pretty expensive. No, dude, my, my, Miles, Miles has become my best friend. And like, I mean, your son, that's how I travel. Your son in Vegas? <laughs> dude, dude, my son here is dangerous. I, I swear. I'm gonna sh- remind me to show you a picture of something before. I still don't understand the concept of bringing kids to Vegas, though. I just well, don't. we did it. Some or, people out of necessity. You're right, right. We yeah. did it because we just had a baby. It wasn't your yeah. own. So either we yeah. don't go or we go. But we always had. Brandy has like three or four sisters, so I lose count. So <laughs> you know, um, well, either that or we, I meet a new one like every couple of years. Oh, there's another sister. Yes, yeah, so it's one of those. Yeah. Hey, look who popped up. It's like you know Jerry Springer show. Yeah, you are, not Jerry Maury Povich. You, you are, the are sister. her sister. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I'm gonna get in trouble later. Yeah, I think she's <laughs> yeah. not watching. By the way, yeah, I'm gonna get in big trouble. Later. <laughs> so we always had the fortune enough to have one of her sisters who would come and help. So you know, but yeah, you know, traveling with kids is you know we love traveling for kids, but not there, not yeah, during yeah, a business yeah. show. So. It's been very hard for us. You do a, the the Alaska trip was the whole family, right? Well, we do a family trip every summer. Yeah. But they brought somebody to help, right? Yeah, we brought, we brought one of her sisters. Or? No, no, we're, Kyra. We oh, one, Kyra. We, we okay. brought one of her sisters. But no, that was. I mean, we, we 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 actually were having dinner discussion at dinner last night because we do a Valentine's Day dinner the whole family. So it's us and the kids. Brandy cooked an amazing meal. I got a picture of it. Red meat. Um, but uh, <laughs> Evan, Evan we're sorry, the Secretary of State approves about. Now that we're not going to Jordan for the summer, where is it you guys would like to go to? Because normally what I do with my trips is one year we fly, one year we drive. I, I want them to experience road trips and get in the car. Mm-hmm. So we usually do a road trip. We've driven anywhere from Tennessee to Georgia to South Carolina, um, Atlanta, and then we fly. So Alaska was the fly. We flew to Vancouver. Uh, we hung out three or four days in Japanada. And yeah, totally Japanada. I don't know if you, but like, we got off the plane. I really thought we were in Tokyo. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> oh, yeah. I had to process that. No, <laughs> like, no it's Japanada. Let me tell you something. Oh. I literally got off the plane. I thought like I landed like in Saigon somewhere, you know, or Tokyo. I'd be like, what? what is going on here? <laughs> is it, what? Nothing. You're just mixing cultures. I understand. You know, I, I, I know. Talk about Tokyo, a, Saigon. Yeah, it wasn't making a record, but I mean, there's, there's, a lot, there's a huge Asian influence. In Vancouver, in fact, when I landed, and for and great food, too, but when I landed, I asked a lot of questions about it, because Vancouver, they, they'll, they'll tell you, like, up until a few years ago, like, a lot of low-rises, there was no high-rise building, and all this Asian influence and money started coming in, and there's, like, high-rises, like, in the sky, like, we used to never look at a skyline like this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But um, we enjoyed it there, then we took a cruise from Vancouver up to Anchorage, and it was one of the best trips we ever took, family was blown away, and then we flew back from Anchorage to uh, Florida. But, yeah, we like to drive, we like to fly, so that's always been problematic for us, so, yeah, I'm kind of... Kind of excited to go to the trade show this year, to be honest with you. And plus, this is a year I feel it's important for me to show some solidarity. And hopefully they could turn this thing around, figure out how to make it a more relevant organization to our industry as a whole as it is today, not as it was 30, 40, 50 years ago. I'll tell you, I met everybody I know in the industry at the trade show. Hmm. I met Arthur at the trade show. I didn't really didn't know me from Adam, but I met him at the trade show for the first time at the Santa Clara booth. I met, you know, Bert at the trade show. That's I met the time Sal you get to, Yeah, it's a time where you so get to meet to these me. People. It's like it's our one time of the year where we all should get, get you know get together and have a you know have a good time. I enjoy. I don't even use it. I mean, yeah, go to the circle to, bar. 
Yeah, it's great to leave the trade show with orders. Right. My priority for me, I mean, you see me in my booth. Right. I want to be a host, and I want to hang out and talk with people. What well, the guys do in business is great. I I, I cherish what the, the employees in, of the company do at the show for us. Right. But they know that if I start getting in the way, I'm going to get in the way. So I'd rather just kind of hang out and, and, and see everybody that I don't get to see all year. Well, that's what happens at our, le- our level, right? Because, like, even now, the shows that I've gone to in the last six, seven, eight years, I don't go to do any work. I bring a buyer to do the buying. Other people do the talking. Yeah. I just go there to do what you do. Mm-hmm. Say hi. See the guys I don't get to see. You know, look, I'm a little different because I'm lucky because I'm in South Florida. And now you finally being here, it's like literally almost <laughs> everybody now is in South Florida, right? So I, I'm very fortunate enough that a lot of guys are in my backyard and I do get to see them on a regular basis outside of going trade show. But I have a lot of other retailer friends. I have a lot of other industry people that I yeah. don't really ever get to yeah. see unless I get to the trade show. So that's what I like doing. Unfortunately, is it's like a duck in a roll because even though I bring a buyer, every single guy wants to sell me what they're I mean, I can't go to a urinal. And use a bathroom without some guy, unfortunately, walking up next to me saying, hey, I got a new company. Here's without, my card. I'm like, dude, my hands are a little full right now. <laughs> but, you know, give me a minute. Well, not that up. full. Yeah, <laughs> not, let me wash up and, and we'll get to it. That so. plus you have to look at Matt Booth's face in the urinal on the sticker that he probably placed there. <laughs> I never really look in the urinal. It's, really? I, it's, it's literally like the metal plate, circle plate. Yeah, yeah. So how do you know you're getting it in there? Really? Really? How incompetent are you, dude? I mean, come on, man. It's dude. a two-by-four <laughs> hole dude. gap. I mean, you can't make it somewhere in there? You're, you don't like when they have, like, a little bullseye in there with, like, a bug on it? Oh, see, well, now you're playing games yeah, in the yeah, back. Are you playing yeah. the games? Are you playing the pee games? Yeah, you, I like that. Are you at home next to Axel, like, trying to sink submarines in the toilet? <laughs> you know, peeing in the toilet? Is that what you do now? No. Come he doesn't on. pee in the toilet yet. No? Do you, do you, I, you, I'm trying. Do you skip? The urine, do you skip one? Oh, you mean like the etiquette? Yeah. Oh. I mean, never. No. Never stand next to a guy. Yeah, no. I, I, no, no, stay I, will use a I stay away. I will use a stall before I stay away. If I walk into a, a bathroom that doesn't have dividers between the urinal, I'll go into a stall. Yeah. I can't stand it because you'll be at that line. It is weird. And the guy will walk up right next to you. Yeah. <laughs> And then he starts talking to you. Yeah. Oh, no, guy. <laughs> yeah. Not Dude, the moment no. I have a conversation when no. Listen, I got my package in my it, hand. It's really, it's, <laughs> it's really, really, really funny because, you know, my partner, right? I had a partner for many, many years. God rest his soul. He passed away and his estate, you know, is kind of my partner. But his son runs the estate. His son, we've been close for many, mm-hmm. many years. When we were building out um, Boynton Beach, he fought me tooth and nail. Like, he wanted a urinal. I personally think urinals are disgusting. I don't like to use them. I'd rather pee in a toilet. I don't want splashback. I don't want guy standing next to me. It's the whole process of using. And he fought me tooth and nail. And I said, no, it's not happening. I refused. I'm thinking it's over. A couple years later, we're building West Palm. Oh, is that what oh I was going to ask you about? That. Okay. That's why there's a urinal in West Palm. Huh. He, I, I kind of started feeling sorry for him. I'm like, all right, dude, if it means that much to you, I'll throw in a damn urinal for you in the bathroom. I don't go to that store. I mean, it's not my base store. So you know what? If you want to pee on your wrist and your hands, go ahead. But it's a one-seater. So when you go in, there's a like it's it's like that awkward moment well, where you're like, I hope this person. is just They're me not public in here. bathrooms, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a one-person bathroom. So if you go in our West Palm bathroom, there's a nice seat, and then there's just a urinal. Yeah. In case you want to use the urinal instead of the toilet bowl. I know guys that have them at their house. Does anybody, any of you guys have a no, urinal? No, no. I, I, I know, know guys that have them in their house. Yeah, no. I know I know someone that had it in his house also. Yeah, it's usually weird. Yeah. It's a status symbol. 
Like uh, I, what? I know some very wealthy a people that have a status symbol in, in their universe, in their private bathrooms, in their home, like their master bathroom. They have a urinal, yeah, and a and a toilet, and of course a bidet. But what I don't understand, yeah. I don't wait, see wait, anymore. Wait, so Pete, is that Joe Jonas who has that? I have to ask. No, no, no. This, <laughs> this is someone I knew. He had a big house in Vegas, and okay. he had two separate rooms, uh, two separate bathrooms. One big bathroom, giant showers, but then when it came to the the bathroom port you know, like the, the toilets, toilet room yeah there was a his and hers and in his he had the toilet and the urinal i was like it's just kind of weird yeah, it is weird <laughs> but you know i don't see these anymore i remember them from when i was a kid but why would anybody want to build a urinal where the receptacle is like your ball height you know do you remember the ones that just went all the way to the ground yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. why don't they make those anymore you should They're be probably on the ground, right? Yeah, I agree. It would be, it's like the full length of the wall. Yeah. That's what we had in high school. And you're yeah. a regular and height. on the floor. But you're a regular height guy. Some of these are made How for taller people than the, me. There's always a kitty one in there. Don't lie. That there, I usually, <laughs> there's always a kitty one in there. Don't lie. <laughs> always. Yeah, but sometimes there's a kid there. I'm not going to go over there. I mean, <laughs> Let me ask you the last have, thing I need. Have you ever stood behind a kid while he's taking a picture <laughs> no, of the urinal? Because no. that would be like a little freaky. No, 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 no. Waiting, that. waiting for that. Yeah. There's 16 other urinals yeah. open. And I'm waiting for the five-year-old. No. I saw you like line up behind. No, the oh, this show's going no, but they, the there are I'm some. Getting, uh, it's gotten to a point that it's just pushing over that line of <laughs> uh, story of our lives, Pete. Story of our lives here. Oh, All right, we see this week it belongs in a cigar insane asylum. Welcome to the cigar asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. This week, who belongs in a cigar insane asylum brought to you by CLE Cigars and a CLE and Asylum Cigars and the people that bring you urinals thanks to Kohler. <laughs> Adam's in a, in a food coma, I well, think. Well, I, I, listen, I got to tell you, I've been suffering because I took one bite out of that sandwich and I haven't been able to finish it. Oh, it's so it's good. It's so good. I'm waiting to, to clear this up. I, yeah. Nobody touch it. Don't. Even, I see you guys all looking at the rest of my burger. <laughs> don't I even see, look at it. Don't I'm not, even look I'm not at saying it. I was. I see you eyeing my burger. All right, this week. <laughs> Somebody cut me some more steak. This week's inductee, not only crazy, but he's now in debt. Listen to this. This is a true story because I had to actually check it because I didn't believe this, right? Bruce McConville, 55, a businessman and failed mayoral candidate, shocker, in Ottawa, Canada, said he sold several properties, profiting $1 million recently. During this time, he was in the middle of a heated divorce with his now ex-wife. So apparently so determined that he would make sure that she wouldn't get one red penny of the money, he took the cash and burned it. Look it up. He burned a million dollars. In cash. In cash, right? This is the judge now. I find what you've done to be morally reprehensible, said Superior Court Justice Kevin Phillips, before jailing him for 30 days for failing to pay the $300,000 that he owed his wife in spousal and child support. So he burned 700000 not to give his wife 300000 right? He also ordered McConville to pay his ex a 2000 per day fine for the incident and has mandated that he still pay his wife her share of the profit. So after burning it, he's, he's still got to pay And not getting his 700000 portion of it, he's still got to give her $300,000. Congratulations, Bruce. You are, without a doubt, this week's inductee into the Cigar Insane Asylum, brought to you by CLE and Asylum Cigars. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, every time. Gets me Big every props, time. man. I, really, thank you for finally coming yes. on. No, you know, yeah. I'm chasing you. It was a good show. We talked a lot about good stuff. 
Uh, we'll probably see you both next week. Yeah. You're always welcome. I, I, listen, I remember last time he came out, he was like, dude, this is so much fun. I want to yeah, do it again. So, it took a little bit of time to get him on last time. He's but, not yeah. easy, dude. But he's, he's all easy. over. He's also traveling I'm just all never over here. the place too. Yeah. He's not easy. And no, when I'm and when I'm when I try to be here in the office, listen, Yanni kicks me away. Listen, <laughs> listen. It, it went to. I had to ask Yanni if it was okay for him to go with me, and then he had to ask his wife if it was okay. It was like for a whole him to like process. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But listen, I have all the people. You're definitely don't don't have a career like in like emergency responder you can never be <laughs> you would never be my first call on like your emergency contact list because i would die before anybody would get abe needs a blood transfusion you know say can we give it to him <laughs> let me let me ask my wife first <laughs> but no awesome and we'll see you guys both next week man really thank you for coming Definitely. on much, absolutely much and if you haven't got your tickets thank for you for the us. uh hay cigars and red meat lovers club dinner that is next week friday at the South Florida Fairgrounds. Obviously, we won't be doing the show. No, obviously not. Yes, you know, no. trying to juggle doing the show during that event has always been torture, and you know, so much extra stress. Yeah, of what is already so stressful. This, it was fine for me. Yeah, of course. Yeah. fuck you, you, Paul. <laughs> but yeah, so we just opted. We're just not. We're going to play a best of next yeah. week. Yeah. Focus on doing the show, and then uh, the great smoke. Yeah. And then who do we have the f- week after that? Which will be March first, if I'm not mistaken. Producer, oh, anybody? Yeah, Paul? we do. Uh, Why is it not written into this? Because I put, I always put the week. Do? I put yeah. the week. You know, it'd be helpful if you know, ne- we, the, next the next week on. We're there. actually doing the actual show, so we could like tease ahead. You know, even if it's two weeks, like, hey, next week's the great smoke. If you're not coming, guess what? You're gonna miss out on a great he, time. I have it. Hold the, on. He is the best that we could afford. Paul, the producer, the best we could afford. Yes, sir. <laughs> Yes, sir. Alec and Bradley Rubin. Oh, oh they're coming uh, here. Good great. Good Fantastic. Good times. Yeah, they're excited. All right. All right. Absolutely. Uh, if you missed any part of the show, make sure you check out the KMA Talk Radio Facebook page. Uh, Pete, thanks for being here, buddy. You're welcome. Always Evan, a pleasure. Jose, Evan, thanks for being here. Likewise. Evan, thank you once again, as always. Secretary of State. The Secretary of State, always bringing the meats. Make sure you check out the Red Meat Lovers Club on Facebook and the redmeatloversclub.com. Uh, if you're not going to the dinner, guess what? You're missing out. I'm yep. taking pictures. I'm going to post it yeah, everywhere will, too. Yeah. Make you jealous. Paul will do that. I will not be there, unfortunately, because some of us have to work for a living. <laughs> uh, Till two weeks from now, and as always, keep it lit. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram too. Yes, it's mandatory. Yeah, it's <laughs> Cigar Fairy's making round. Yeah, that's fantastic. Keep it lit with KMA Talk Radio.